comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 180 for season 7 episode 2 entitled The Well. I am Craig Demanda, your host joined by with me this evening Mr. Aaron Newarth. Hey, 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 and another hey. Hey, 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 hey. And Mr. Richard Chubtoad Sheldon. That's that's King Chubtoad. Yeah, uh, or at least Prince, right? I mean, you're somewhere on, on the on the royalty there. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a joker to me. Wow. Or Jester. <laughs> <laughs> or a midnight, midnight toker. <laughs> and also with us this evening, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello, I'm Minus the Tiger. My, uh, you left you left Shiva, Shiva in, in her cage? Yeah, sometimes you gotta let him rest. Gotcha. I, I totally understand. So, uh, uh, coming off of that amazing season opener we had, uh, kind of a little bit of a different pace for this episode. It was directed by Greg Nicotero, written by Matthew Negrete. Uh, before we jump into it, we want to I want to cover a couple little pieces of news. Uh, we had a listener comment as well, and just some other little interesting things, and then we'll get into this episode. So, starting off with, um, we recorded kind of early, I guess, last week. We missed one listener, didn't get a chance to have his thoughts, um, uh, his Buster ratings actually uh, put through on the show. And that is Sergio Mendoza. So, Aaron, would you be so kind, since Jim is not with us right now, to read Sergio's Buster ratings? We just didn't get a chance to get it on, and he'd love to get his thoughts across. Uh, Sergio writes, four comic book and diehard fan teases out of five. I honestly didn't know what rating to give it because I was somewhat in the middle. Was it too gruesome and gore gratuitous, or was it everything we expected Negan to be? The negatives first, I didn't like that they still kept teasing us for 20 minutes about who they are going to kill, even going to so far as to show the rest of the gang getting spidered by Lucille. Then came the swerve, Abraham and Glenn both getting the axe, or should I say the bat. That was a good twist I didn't expect, especially after all the near deaths of Glenn last season. The hand chop was something only the diehards were... Knew we're going to get teased as well. Uh, on the positive, Negan made a literal impact on the scene carrying himself as king crap, and it was perfect. He made decisions that he was 
that were warranted and justified, and that makes him even more menacing than any other villain. The lone walker stumbling in the end made the point that there is no bigger threat than Negan in this world right now. Rick, Rick getting knocked off his high horse felt real and believable. Nobody ever had ever humbled him like this before, and in the end, he knew he was Negan's bitch. After all the carnage settled, I couldn't help but smile. We finally have a villain that we can all love to hate or hate to love. Excellent. Well, thank you. We appreciate all of your Buster ratings, and uh, you know we do record typically on the Monday after the uh, the episode airs. Typically, if, depending on scheduling and all that. So, like today is Halloween, folks. So, happy Halloween, everyone out there. Um, Which makes this a spooktacular episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast. And actually, it's 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 a memorable one too, because if we turn back the clock six years ago, six mm-hmm. years ago today was the premiere of The Walking Dead. It was October thirty first, twenty ten. Yeah. Wow. So it changed yeah. everything. And uh, so fast. So I know. Oh, wow. It, amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. So Chub-toed used to only be chub toed by name, not by physical appearance. <laughs> Those I were joke the days. Around. Those <laughs> were kid. the days. <laughs> so six, uh, six years ago, you you were still in like daycare, weren't you, Aaron? That was <laughs> right. You you were. You were reviewing the Teletubbies and, and Barney the Dinosaur. That's why our report cards always said most precocious, precocious. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about the season premiere, uh, again, just real quick, we had some ratings come in. We did not have them solid uh, with the plus threes and all that, which means three days after you know it airs, people watching their DVRs. Now we finally do. Uh, it came in at 20.8 million viewers. And 13.2 of them were adults 18 to 49 that coveted, you know, slot or whatever. However, um, it's still not the highest rated Walking Dead ever. The highest rated, and it remains cable record-breaking episode, was the season five premiere where they were in Terminus. Mm. And that had 22.3 million viewers. So I don't know if they were expecting to, they probably were expecting this one to blow it up, but still they were up there. I mean, it's still an impressive number, but it, it, you know, of course, you can't really take 99.9% of comments on the internet serious, but so many people were like, oh, I have to go, I just, I'm, I'm done, I'm not watching, so I'm curious to see what the drop-off is to this week's episode. Interesting, so you want to see what the ratings are to see, okay, now that you know who's dead, who really fell off when they said they were going to drop off the show, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right. Just continue to stop caring following a buzzworthy episode. Right. Right. I'm just saying is because, I mean, there's always hate out there on the internet. There's always that kind of talk, but I mean, there are people I know and I respect their opinions and they're like, I'm done and I'm out. So I'm just curious to see how much of a fall off we get from last year. Because there were there was a lot of resentment over the you know the whole thing of death and I yeah and I mean I I still I mean I I've I've embraced it now I'm I'm with the the whole thing with the episode but the one thing that really still irritates me was that after giving us a summer of waiting they gave us another twenty damn minutes of it too I mean that to me was a poor choice. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I get. Don't put it in the cold opening, but don't go two commercial breaks before you give us a reveal. That's just asking too much of your audience. Well, they like to play games with us. They certainly did last season. I hope the producers heard the the audience loud and clear. We we don't need to have games played with us to you for you to kill characters. So um, everyone's kind of said their piece on this and. You know, we'll see what happens. Like you said, that's a good point. Let's see how the ratings are for this next week's episode and see if it really dro- dropped off or not. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, usually I, I there is, need, but... I don't need to go too far into 
my dissatisfaction with the <laughs> season premiere again because I think it's pretty well known at this point. But it did pay off exactly what I you know thought it, it would by having a pretty astounding uh, you know ratings high. I mean, even it wasn't the best ever, it's still you know as high as you'd expect when you make a whole summer focused on you know building anticipation for an episode like this. Sure, AMC did their job uh, regardless of the quality of the show that preceded it. Uh, yeah, there you go. Mission accomplished. Although I, I bet though secretly they were trying to top their top episode. Like they were trying to be like, oh, oh sure. for sure, we yeah. always want well, to. I mean, they yeah. were expecting something. Yeah, but I mean, you got close. They were within a million viewers. But again, so, yeah. now now that number you gave us that 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 includes the plus three yes. and the plus seven. Yes, okay, plus so three, that, not plus that, seven, plus plus three. So which is the one okay. that they really look at closer? Like that's the one that right, the advertisers right. look at, and that's what they're that's the that's the new like standard, you know, the the, the night of, and then plus three. That that's the one that they look at. That people really want to watch that show. Yeah, but like hearing like I I've listened to other you know, news podcasts and, and movie and TV podcasts talk about this and other people that I, you know, I know and other, it's just online and stuff. And it's it just, it's a weird <laughs> phenomenon with this show. It's like a love-hate relationship with this show that a lot of people have now where they feel it's too gratuitous with the killing and the, the dark way that all of the people like the just the reaction of humanity to this world where you know like it's but when you when you look at it you go well that's the point of the show i mean that was the point of the comic i mean they did so it does dark things it, it you want to see what's going to happen you you kind of expect people to die like i mean you know i don't Kirkman think it's has, changed all that much honestly no i don't, I don't think it has no, i don't, I don't, no. I don't, I don't know well, what's suddenly doing and, differently but there's well, a reaction that you hear now, like that that started with the show in the beginning to now, where it's like I think people get some people change, but the show has, and it's the same show it's always been. Well, it's changed a little bit though, because last season they they started playing with us, man. I mean, season four they ended up in that train car, right? You're screwing with the wrong people. Like that was that was the big cliffhanger, if you will. Like, oh my god, what's going to happen? They're they're captured by these this group of termites. We don't know who what they're about yet. Then you go to the season right. 5 opener and it's like just explosives, literally explosive. But overall, I think after the first season, after the first showrunner changed, I think this is what we've been getting. Like you every when you um when the little child was Sophia was missing, when we had that whole thing, yeah, there's always been that. Are they dead or are they not? Are they dead or are they not? Like that's kind of been the constant throughout. Well, that's the trope that they have part of the formula, and that's fine. With the comic you know, too, it's always been that way. I mean, exactly. Uh, the thing is, is is going into going back to the end of the last season, and then the choices they made this season, story wise, I disagree with almost none of the choices that they made. Again, story-wise, the way in they in which they presented it, edited it, gave it to us in both the the cliffhanger that was kind of a poorly, I just I I, I don't know, and then going into again, I'm going to mention it again, making us wait 20 more minutes with all this. I, I get they kind of wanted to disorient us because they want you know they wanted us inside Rick's head and experiencing that. But damn, get to the point. 
And the problem was, I mentioned this last week, is they had, you know, 42 minutes to fill with something that really could have been done in 1520. So let me ask this question. If the Glenn Dumpster thing never happened, will we mm -hmm. be this angry? I don't, I'm not angry. I'm not angry don't, either. Don't I, just, I, just, I mean, I, I've I accepted just, that it's not a good episode. It's not a great episode of television. I don't think <laughs> yeah. it's a whole. I think <laughs> that was they did do that, the Death Watch with that particular episode. And I think it did kind of turn some people off. That's what I think it did. I think it did turn some people off then. And then this just kind of. Well, it, what gets me about that whole thing is that in between those Glenn episodes, I've got the. Um, Here's not here, which is what one of the best episodes ever, which is the Morgan flashback episode. So it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I don't know how much I could really, you know, be angry at the show for like you know for all its you know little flaws or whatnot. I I did get one of the best episodes of the series last season, so it's like and, yeah. I just I went, but then when it you know it still dragged out the whole this whole Glenn thing for like multiple weeks. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's hey, I think it's I a said rocky it. road of the long form storytelling, which is yeah. why actually I really like this episode because it's like let's do something different. Change. It's just fascinating to watch the people's well, reactions I, to it. It's just, it's just something yeah. to watch. I think I said it last season, you know, that after the whole Glenn Dumpster thing resolved, I felt that I was never angry about it. I actually didn't hate it at all, but I mentioned and I still think it was they were testing the audience to see what their reactions would be to losing Glenn. I think it was all done a little bit for the drama but also just to kind of get us just to see where the fan base's heads would be and you know where it is it's uh, i hate that they did that to glenn but don't you touch my daryl don't you do it <laughs> he's all off I limits huh? saying. that's all i kept saying don't you touch daryl so we'll see if that uh if they do anything with that yeah there's also been some questions um about the geography, about where this group now is. We've seen in our Facebook group, like, there's some confusion out there. Like, okay, where's Alexandria versus Negan's territory versus the kingdom? Like, uh, and there's even some people still thinking, unfortunately, that they're in Georgia. Well, they're not. Um, the, the, the whole crew migrated from Georgia in the story. They still film it in Georgia, but they migrated from Georgia sometime last season, uh, and they made it up. And Two they met seasons it with ago it. now. Well, actually... Yeah, well, was it because they met up with Aaron and all that? Well, and uh, all, all, all of season five was Al or yeah, or six was uh, Alexandria. You're hundred percent right. Hundred percent. So right at the end of season five, you're right. They they migrated. The, the back the back the half, they, half of season five was you know the whole wasn't that the look at the flowers and everybody yep. was spread about and then they wound up finding Aaron and Alexandria and all that. Yeah, well, look, look at the season, flowers. Actually, season, that was before. Four, that oh, was before Terminus. Four. Yeah, that was yeah, Terminus. Terminus open season five. Oh. And since then, they, they were at the they were at Gabriel's church for like the first half with the whole hospital nonsense, and then they then they yeah. moved on. From, right, oh, the Grady yeah, Bunch. Yeah, right. that's right. We were all out. Yeah. So the yeah. back half of season five when they moved and they're in the like the RV stuff was set. They all they all moved up. They, they moved they up went north because, and then because of Abraham because of the because of the fake mission to go to DC. Right, and then Morgan found the map right uh, in the yeah. church. He, and he says Rick Grimes on it, and then okay, then they they what what yeah. matters is that they are no longer in Georgia. They're no they're right. not in any of the Carolinas either. Correct, they're in Virginia. <laughs> like, so they're way north. We can speculate. Main, and we can yeah, speculate. I mean, I, yeah, where they are. I, think, I mean. You know. I think part of the part of the issue. Well, two, there's two issues. One is that they film in Georgia, and it seems very obvious that it's Georgia because we seem to have so much behind the scenes access to the show that it's mm -hmm. hard to forget the fact that they're in Georgia, no matter what, uh, regardless of what the 
actual you know the in within the world of the show is supposed to be it still looks like georgia um the other thing is that we just haven't gotten too much information yet regarding these various societies that we're now among so we don't really know everything we need to know about the dynamics of where alexandria is versus the hilltop versus the kingdom versus wherever the hell negan is i mean you can kind of speculate right now and some of us that read the comics have a better understanding of where things are but i think for the most part we're kind of in a wait and see mode as far as really getting the if you need to get the the kind of nitty gritty on which territory is where and how long it takes to get to what place, right I don't now think we saw a city that, in this right. week's episode. Now we right. they didn't say exactly which city it was. It wasn't a huge city, but it was it was a city. It was not DC, which means it's across the river. I don't think it because we didn't see any of the typical landmarks of DC. It could no. have been a city like Arlington, Virginia, which is due north northwest of Alexandria. Maybe you know a good. 24-hour horseback ride, if you will, between Alexandria and Arlington. So, you know, maybe that's the city that they were in, and that's the city that maybe is adjacent to the kingdom. And perhaps Negan's territory is in between Alexandria and Arlington. I mean, we could speculate. Right. They could be going the other way. Maybe they went south well, and went to Springfield, Virginia. Because not much time passed since... I just passed. sent you a Walking Dead link to a Walking Dead Google map. Now, this is based on the comic book, but it has where Alexandria is in relation... To everything to, else, to everything else, and all the different so appearances. See. This is a Google yeah. map. Let me see here. Okay, so, and this is a comic book one. You're saying it's, it's based, based on comic book, right? It's based off the comic, not but still. Well, the comic started like in Kentucky or something like that, didn't it? Like no. Rick wasn't from Georgia; he was from Kentucky no, or he was something. From Georgia? He was no, in Georgia, not in the comic yeah. book, not in the mm-hmm. comic. Rob, Robert Kirkman is from Kentucky, but. If you read the comic, right. the first first comic, he's it's been too long. He goes to jo- he goes to Atlanta, but he starts out like in Kentucky or something like that. You saying that's where he woke up at? In the house, yes, in the correct, correct. Yes, okay. yes. Oh. But he ended up in Atlanta on the on the you know he, he took his ride down there. Let me see. Was here. a police officer in small town Cynthia, Kentucky? That's the comic. Right, book the comic exactly. Yeah. Right, right. right. Whereas in the, in the show, it's King, King County, Georgia. Yeah, so the show it's just straight Georgia. Yeah, this matters. Not at all, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where now? I'm, look, I'm looking at Alexandria. There's a lot of points over there. No, looks like the Navy Yard. What is this over here? This is that's where the scavengers. Okay, let me see the other. Well, who knows? Rescue flare, safe zone. Okay, so it's all in around the DC area. It looks like. Yeah, yeah that's and that's what we've come yeah. to know, right? For those of us that are keeping up, oh, Lord, very specifically, shot. yeah, the, the show is. If they're they're currently located up in Virginia area outside of DC. Like that's the main thing. They didn't go. There was nothing to go to in DC, which is why they you know stopped. And then mm-hmm. Alexandria happened, so they got a further way to you know go somewhere else. That's not specifically Washington DC, but yeah, they're right. they're very much several states above where they started the show. At. It's all cute. I'm kind sorry, of little horses. If, if right. I'm in if I'm in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and can go anywhere, and I'm near Washington DC, <laughs> I'm going to go check out the White House. See, I mean, there's got to be no a, a safer bunker. place in that area than the White House. It's probably got like, you know, fifteen levels below it or something. Which probably means there's no way to get into the White exactly. House. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm just saying, Olympus has fallen. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So I hope that answered your questions. That was as clear as mud to us uh, as far as the geography. But they're not in Georgia anymore, even though they do shoot there. And I, I hear what you're saying. It looks different. I guess it kind of does, but not really. I mean, it's still the South. You still have a lot of green. I mean, it doesn't look right. like it doesn't look like they're saying they're in L.A. when they're in Vancouver. Let's put it that way. Like at least Georgia and Virginia. Okay, they could kind of you can you can buy that that's where they are right now based on the foliage and all that. You know, and they don't have that much gas, and they're still you know some of them are walking and the others are just riding horses. I mean, they're not that far apart from each other. Right. To, to fear the Walking Dead's credit, that second season didn't look like Vancouver at all. Well, it wasn't. They were in Mexico. They actually shot yeah. it in Mexico. They moved. Well, they that, moved. that helps. <laughs> and okay. it looked like Mexico. I don't watch ta- I don't watch Talking Fear, so I don't know. They shot the first season in Vancouver, and then the second one they went to... Um, well, a lot of the second season was shot in that tank, which is also in, in Mexico, that water right. tank where they had the fake Abigail, and then they right. they went down, I think, and, and they actually shot it in Rosarito. That, where they're saying they are is actually where they shot it. In a lot of places, so that's pretty cool. But getting back to The Walking Dead, we have an episode before us we need to get into. Again, it was called The Well, and uh, just your initial thoughts on this week's show. We get to see the premiere of a, of a long-awaited character, King Ezekiel. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? I, You know what? I was really... I didn't think I would like this episode as much as I did, but I really found myself enjoying... Ezekiel and uh, Carol's conversation, and that's basically what we got. I mean, it's a lot of their conversation, and it really, I really enjoyed it. Like, I really got into it. Yeah, and that. Yeah, I'm trying to find the last time I liked an episode of The Walking Dead as much as this one, and it's going back a few episodes at this point. (laughs) But I, I, I I, I really enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I think King Ezekiel. Um, makes a t- tremendous presence on here in addition to giving us a lot of focus on who I think are the best characters on the show, which are Morgan and Carol. Um, but we'll get more into that. So, Well, yeah, um, I'm in the same camp as Daryl. I, I had expectations that were lower, <laughs> and this exceeded far beyond what I could have expected. There have been seminal moments from the comics that, fans or me personally have waited for the when was michonne going to appear you know mm-hmm. when when are we going to see the prison mm-hmm. you know um when is Lori going to die so we can stop listening to her whine about carl <laughs> uh, no wait no that not that one not that one you know carl when, carl you know when well, are we going to get to Glenn and Maggie getting busy? All right, cool. You know, all these moments, you know, meeting Negan, all, all of that stuff. I've one of the ones I've really waited for and anticipated since he showed up in the comic was Ezekiel and Sheila. I'm I've j- just been excited for that. And I really felt after last week they were going to screw the pooch and how they were going to set the tone for this week's episode and it was going to be kind of a downer in a way and no it was completely uplifting the the fact that we get to see ezekiel immediately call carol out on her bullshit but do it in such a way that was classy and just gentlemanly and just really i i don't know i was blown away by ezekiel i love this episode yeah, I, I, you, liked Craig? It. No, I, I liked it a lot. And the reason, I mean, not only because of the great acting, I think, on his part. What is his name again? I'm sorry, uh, Aaron. Uh, Payton. Harry pa- Payton. Oh, Harry man, Payton. he's good. I, I like him yeah. a lot. And I love how they 
worked out that he's not really who he is kind of towards in this episode they didn't stretch this out for two or three or four episodes right. it's like right. the right. we have a neat I, little package that'd be, now. That'd be, yes that'd be too much for audiences to have to wait like multiple weeks to be like oh he's not really like shakespearean <laughs> all the time for no reason <laughs> <laughs> but i wouldn't put it past the show though to do something like that okay i mean they've, they've done Fair stuff enough. like that before so it's like i'm glad that they gave us this neat little package this episode was a neat little package showing you exactly what the kingdom is all about, what their flaws are, kind of who they are, uh, and, and where it's going from here. So I, I liked it. Generally liked this episode quite a bit. So getting into it, uh, we see the cold open. Carol is still wounded from her gunshot wounds uh, from the saviors, laying on a horse-drawn carriage. We hear Morgan's voice in the distance saying that it will be dark soon. One of the kingdom people is assuring Morgan that it's okay. We don't have that much farther, farther to go. Uh, we, we also see Morgan kind of carving his hobo code, his little symbols, into marks and uh, into trees and mailbox posts along the way so he can mark his way back. And then Carol apparently blacks out because it's kind of a little transition here. And when she comes to, there's a big commotion. The, the horse-drawn carriage is turned over. We can see from her point of view that the horse is now being eaten by a group of hungry walkers, the one that was drawing the carriage. We can hear Morgan and the others fighting this horde of, of wasted of zombies. However, Carol decides to run away on her own again. But before she runs, she has this little groggy, creepy vision where in her head, the walkers were people again. I thought this was actually pretty cool, especially being, I, yeah. you know, Halloween. I, I, and I'm like, this was actually pretty neat. Little well, and also we learned how they filmed it was pretty cool how they did that as well. I didn't so. see the talking. So what did they, uh, how did they oh. do that? They were they cast eight sets of identical twins, and one was really? zombie, and one was normal. And that's very that's pretty clever. Wow, I guess to save time, that makes sense. You have to take the person out of makeup and then have them shoot it both ways. No, but that well, yeah, yeah that that too. But I mean that that's a very clever way to fill yeah. you know because 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 I kept wondering like are these walkers people I supposed to recognize? I'm like I don't recognize any of these people. But no, it's, yeah, it's just a it's just the pre Walker version of those characters. That's very right. that's very pleased. It's her mind. And it's well shot. Like, it's very, like, oh, I, wrote, yeah. I wrote romantically shot in here because it's, like, it's gruesome, but it's, like, the way it's filmed has a, uh, there's a neat filter going on there. There's yes. a lot of, there's a lot of neat stuff to, to kind of capture the cinematic value of what Carol's seeing. Nick is also, man. Nick Atero just loves, also, to, he loves to play, pay homage to all these different genres. Yeah. He, he, when he's a director, yep. he's like, he finally can do that now. He's having so much fun with this. There's also, like, there's, like, there's, a great, uh, there's a great zombie kill early, too, with the one of the horseback guys like slices a walker's face, and it feels like that it looks was like a. Great. It's like yeah, a he's coming up right next. Off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with like that a spear. Was zombie kill yep. of the week, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, getting to that. Can I tell she, you something, though? Yeah. Is, is Nick Atero. I don't think anybody directs Melissa McBride as Carol better than he does. Her character seems to always shine the most when he's directing the episode where she's one of the centered characters. They love working for him. I think the actors in general do. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's pretty, but really quick before you go forward, I want because you mentioned about um, Morgan and his hobo markings, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I understand we talked about that back in season five and all that stuff. But right. I, I And I mean, I know what the red flag means in real life, but what was the whole thing with putting the mailbox flag up and then when at the end putting it down? Well, I think. What, what was that I, supposed I, to symbol? It was symbolic. To, yeah. I, I think to. Well, yeah. For one thing, it's, yeah, it's like, here's the thing. Uh, but I think the idea is that Morgan, you know, he's putting up his, you know, he's putting up a signal to, just in case, you know. I'd assume Rick or anyone that would wreck mainly Rick would think he would pick up on that kind of clue. And I think by putting the mailbox up, that would also kind of 
be a further hint that like someone's been here recently to kind of get him to notice something like that. But I mean, as far as the sim- the the symbolism goes, I mean, there's an occupied house, nobody's home, and then Carol's like, oh, she's she's staying actually, and yeah, we can put the mailbox sign down now. Like it's just okay. I, I just and I that's what I gleaned from it, but I was like, I think there's some deeper meaning that I'm missing here, but maybe not. <laughs> but no, yes, I think as far as a logistical thing, it's more of to further get the attention of Rick, um, in case he happens yeah, by right. this area interesting i think it's it's symbolic you're right there's a lot of different layers of it's a, what it's they a did. mix of the thing yeah, yes yeah. It, it, some of it is, is is tactical and real i think some of it is just symbolism i want to point out that the grove that's the episode with uh, lizzie and the flowers with carol that that was directed by michael e stratazamas uh, okay. yes yeah. oh I, I see what you're saying so saying that the best work comes out of nicotero okay i, I get what you're saying there yeah. I, I just think i think elizabeth bridge is doing a terrific job kind of regardless well, Absolutely, absolutely. So finally, she gets up and runs and makes it to it looks like a small house. Uh, in the window, we see a nice old woman gesturing to Carol to come in. Again, really creepy. Like, is this really an old woman telling Carol to come into the house? But again, it's kind of a foggy vision because the old woman then becomes a zombie in the window, and that was again a great little just transition. I just thought it was really neat. Then the cavalry arrives on horseback and makes mincemeat out of the remaining walkers. This is where you said that that one of the ones on horseback with a spear or sword sliced the head in half of one of the the walkers. Uh, Finally, Morgan disposes of the last walker approaching Carol, and he kind of gives it a staff to the back of the head. And again, this is the third time Carol kind of fogs out again. She sees the zombie, but then it turns back into this human as it's falling toward the ground. So she's kind of still in and out of that foggy state. What I what I like a lot about this whole opening is that with Carol, and I'm not alone in this. I know we've talked about this. I'm not. I wasn't. I haven't been a big fan of what the writers are doing with their last season. Like I get the idea of her being remorseful or not wanting to be a part of the same group because she just everything that she comes in contact with seems to die in some way. And they tried to link that with like the kid with the cookies that died and all that. But like I thought it was just handled very clumsily. And what I like mm-hmm. about this opening is that it really kind of recontextualizes what Carol's going through. Like it, it basically restarts her kind of her her character's psyche. And I feel like I immediately got what it is that she's, you know, what her problem is in this kind of opening scene of her seeing these visions and whatnot. And I thought it it carried well through the rest of the episode where she really, you know, she kind of speaks out about that as she's talking with Morgan and Ezekiel. It did help that because she did the way they wrote Carol for the last uh, last season, uh, the end of last season. It just didn't it didn't make sense to me either. And it just, you know, her constantly you know, wanting to run away, being adamant that she had to go away from the group. It just didn't like, it was such a quick turn. And I, it does, it does seem like in this season, they kind of clarified a lot better where her head is. It's, I don't know the kind of rapport that she had with Daryl at one time. Yeah. It's like she has it now with, with, with Morgan, I, yeah, and with Morgan, and with Morgan, Morgan as well. too, yeah, yeah. But I think I think Ezekiel is a. There's something different with the way that he, how they deal with each other than how uh, Morgan is a little bit uh, more cautious with Carol. And but, well, I think the, the what and, you're describing is, and we'll see this at the end. They both have to put on a face. Yes, and yeah, then they that, use that pomegranate as the symbolism for that, where it's like bitter right. on the outside but sweet on the inside, and they they mm-hmm. both have to put on an act for everyone else. But then this is who they really are. And But if we talk about Carol retreating from the group for just a moment, she first tried this maneuver back when they were at the church, uh, and she tried to sneak away that night, right. and, and Daryl caught her. But then the Grady 
arc started because Daryl saw the car drive by with the cross on the back. So there, that goes her attempt. Daryl caught her and they end up going to mm-hmm. the Grady Hospital and all that. So that was the first time she tried to leave. And then the second time she tried to leave, yeah, okay, she she left Alexandria, fine. She left uh, Toby, her little boyfriend back there. Okay, all right, fine. But I, what I didn't like, and I think this is what you're describing, Aaron, is like this fake panic attack thing she was going through, like the heavy breathing and the right. uh, uh, and the crying and the, just the, that nonsense just that didn't fit Carol's character. I could see her wanting to escape and her being remorseful for the things that she's done, but that whole panic attacky thing just... I'm glad that that didn't resurface in this episode. Well, I, think, see, well, I think that's what you're describing. The, yeah. Well, that well, that's part of it, but that in that part it was more of like I feel like we were unsure of if she was doing the panic attack thing to to perform a ruse, which I do exactly. think that was. I'm was still not case, even sure. I'm not even. I'm not, it, I, maybe it is. I don't know. I think I believe that to be the case, but it just it felt the the way it was handled just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It, and right. it kind of it, it it seemed like they were trying to do something and they weren't pulling it off the the way they could have been doing it in a you know uh, if the if they had a stronger idea of exactly how to do it. Like, it just didn't seem like it was coming together exi- the right way that, that they envisioned. So Carol is, is rebooted for the season, and I could take this. This is fine. She still wants to slip away, but she's still a warrior, and yeah. she, she, you know. We cut to the next scene. We see Carol sleeping, which, um, I don't know if you guys caught this. There was a lucky rabbit's foot. Is that Morgan's? That was his, right? On the nightstand uh, next to her? Did you guys catch yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't catch it the first time I watched okay. it, but he met. It was mentioned in the um, Talking Dead, and then I saw it the second time I watched. But that's Morgan's, definitely more because he didn't give it yeah. to her or anything, right? It's definitely his, still. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So she's he has it hanging there on the nightstand next to next to her. She's bandaged up, and Morgan is sitting next to her in a chair next to the bed, staring intently. Finally, she awakens. We see outside the window a homemade wind chime made from a pasta strainer and like pairs of scissors. I don't know if you guys caught that, but it's really weird. This is the odd kind of homemade wind chime out there. And she she wakes up and she goes, "How long has I been have been asleep?" Morgan responds, two days, you know, more or less." She asks where they are, and then we cut to the scene where she's now being pushed in a wheelchair outside. But it's kind of a long shot. It's a long, kind of far away shot, and we see that there are mm-hmm. children attending a school class outside in some kind of gazebo or in some kind of uh, outdoor thing. Parents are nearby. There's gardens growing out of old truck tires and barrels. And it's a very healthy-looking, very community. There's children. There's laughter. There's, you know, adults. And Morgan is now pushing Carol in a wheelchair. And he fills her in a bit as far as where they are. And he says, we're now in a place that they call the kingdom. And he says, look, they've been helping you, so I've been helping them. Carol wants to know if they know you know, who they are. And Morgan says, well, they know all they need to know, that she put down some people that were attacking her and Morgan was looking for her and found her. Um, and that and that he's now bringing her to the leader of the group who is called King Ezekiel. <laughs> the the way the way Morgan does this make leads to like the best laugh I've ever had in this show. Like just the, the, the he, as he brings her into that room and they see the tiger and they see the king. Like it's just so like expertly done to like cut a, to like make basically a punchline out of a situation that I was just I I was just so proud of the show for going that route. It, it was funny because Morgan even says he does his own thing. It was you know he goes and he forgot yeah. to mention that Ezekiel has a tiger and the tiger then roars and he goes yeah I forgot to mention he's got a tiger. <laughs> it's just the, his well, delivery he, of that line <laughs> kind of lead with you know because it's almost like he knows Carol he knows her well enough to know like how the hell am I going to tell her this stuff right right he was parsing without his words. her just yeah. going this is all bull 
you know, <laughs> and he's just trying to tell her in a way. And he's like, I know, I get it. We're leaving. Like he made sure to tell her we we'll, <laughs> we have our what we- they have our weapons. I figured it was okay for them to do that since they're helping us. We will get them when we leave. Like he was letting it, you know, everything to be. That's what I was talking about when him being kind of cautious to try to to get her to not run away again. Right. Like trying to set it up in a way that it was just. You know, like everything's cool. We're not being trapped. No one's trying to keep us here. It's okay. We can leave. We can go back. It's all good. And and you know that's and Ezekiel talked to her in a different way. And I, I like how they they uh, show both you know versions. But these two men still care about her. And they, they, he's pushing her into some kind of looks like an auditorium. Mm-hmm. It seems to be like a, a school. Theater, it looks like a or I, I wrote or a theater. Right. It's kind of what I right. wrote. I thought it was either a community theater or a school. Uh, auditorium and we noticed the first of his many quotes that are on the wall and I made note of these as much as I could throughout the episode the first one that we see as he's pushing her into the auditorium is hope is the north star let it guide you like it's these kind of kind of profound (laughs) quotes but they're not really profound but they kind of are like it's you know it's it's yeah and ke is a little initials after it king ezekiel right I love how the script is even like this very um, oh yeah medieval you know regal type of font that they use on the on the on the letters there. So again, finally uh, we go to commercial. After that, King Ezekiel welcomes them before him, telling Shiva the tiger to settle down, and that the fair maiden has gone through a myriad of trials. Again, speaking in this very regal. Borderline British, but not really. Kind of, you know, right. way way of speaking. It's right. like a it's like a Downton Abbey tryout session, <laughs> community theater style, right? So, Pretty and then much. Jerry, who's turning into one of my favorite characters, actually, uh, from the wing of the stage, is I guess is, is um, Ezekiel's henchman or lead henchman. Uh, tells I call him Jerome. Jerome, he's yeah. just missing the the mirror. <laughs> now, the now. Now is he the same Jerry that we're always spoiling the plot? For? No, this Jerry's this way Jerry's cool. way cool. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, he's yeah. like. <laughs> well, I I really like that actor because I don't know if any of you watch Halt and Catch Fire, but he was one of the nerds on there. Oh, uh, last yeah, okay. season he was great on there too. Just yeah, he's a standout character actor. I, I didn't catch his name, but he's actually really funny, and he adds a little comic relief to this. Cooper and... Andrews is Co- the actor's name. Cooper Andrews. Cooper Andrews. Okay. And he tells S, he calls Shiva S, to shut up and chill it up. That's exactly what he said. (laughs) Ezekiel then shakes his head and says that Jerry is a faithful steward, but his words often leave him (laughs) pitch-kettled. Whatever that means. Yeah. (laughs) Ezekiel continues that if Carol is a friend of Morgan, then she is welcome unto the realm and asks if if she is healed. Uh, He's pleased to see her up and about and welcomes her again to the kingdom. Um... He then says, you know, you've been addressed by the king, but you remain silent. What do you think of the kingdom? What do you think of the king? He asks. And uh, what I this, yes. like this whole this whole thing is great because it's like we know what Carol's like. We know right. we can see the reaction on her face and you can just you can watch the acting of her trying to figure out how to handle the situation. And I, I, I love that. I thought that was really good. It, it, it's amazing. And then she slips into and really you actually like you just said. You visually see her slip into the Sally Homemaker slash mm-hmm. casserole baking Carol that we saw from the Alexandria. Yeah. 
Yeah, the mask is totally put she on. She went right back to that same character saying that, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm speechless and that I'm amazed by your tiger or Sheba, but she mispronounced yeah. it with Even a B. Even more over the top than she was before. Oh, yeah. When oh, she yeah. said, I'd be speechless if I wasn't already talking. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not what she said. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was just... Uh... She just went in. She, she went into that, that. That's her comfort zone. That's her way to yeah. trick people, right? That, that, that's her character that she uses. And um, mm-hmm. just like King Ezekiel has his character. So right. uh, Sheba, which she said incorrectly, Jerry you know, corrected her saying it's Shiva with a V. Uh, and then she also said, I don't know what's going on in the most wonderful way. King Ezekiel says they can enjoy the fruits of the kingdom as long as they contribute along the way. He says, drink from the well, but replenish the well. Again, some some kind of like corny, somewhat profound quote totally. going on there, you know. Totally. <laughs> she agrees and says it's all about the well. And Jerry adds, well said. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the, the puns are flying here. And like you see, you actually see King Ezekiel start shaking his head. And he's about to correct Jerry. He even says Jerry. But then he snaps his fingers and he says, Jerry, bring over this bowl of fruit. You know, uh, how, how, I, I forgot what kind of good a host I am. Bring over this. And talking about how wonderful the apples, the nectarines, and especially the pomegranates are. They're all homegrown. Jerry mm-hmm. leans over, puts the bowl in front of Carol's face, and says, it's fruit time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving Jerry. Mm-hmm. King, I will say, about yes. you know, we're talking a lot about Jerry, and he's great. But Ezekiel, like, you know, from reading the comics, I think we talked about what this one, uh, Peyton, was cast. But, like, you know, for me, and I, I know a couple, a couple of you guys agree that, like, the, the actor, it seemed at the time, like, we we were concerned of whether or not he was going to be you know kind of have the presence of Ezekiel that we know in the comics because it seems like a like an older kind of person right is that fair to mm-hmm. say guys yes right? like, yeah, very much so yeah. it feels like a guy a guy that you know if you cast an actor as him he'd have more of like almost like a James Earl Jones quite quality to him you know not him now maybe like eighties James Earl Jones like that guy. and that's like, the channel the well there is one, I'll throw in the one thing the actor was on the Talking Dead he was the best part of that episode anyway. Uh-huh. Talking Dead, I'll and he said that. that he channeled yeah. his uncle, who was a security guard, mm-hmm. but he always spoke like in a Shakespearean type of way. Like he always, he was the big guy, but he always wanted to appear. You know, he always wanted to to have that air of of intelligence. And he said, "We will talk right, and we will, you know." And he had that presence. He would stand up straight, and he would mm-hmm. he would have that presence and he said that every time he and he was slowly he went into that character as he was talking about the character so it was it was fun to even see him do that on the oh. show so well yeah so as, as opposed to something like the governor where i never really warmed up to david morrissey's take on the governer i really liked what peyton brought to the to ezekiel a character i really like in the comics mm-hmm. uh, and like it just because of how bizarre that you know given everything else that goes on in this show like it's such a like a hey there's this guy that speaks this way now (laughs) as a tiger like i thought that's going to be a very tricky thing to really capture and make kind of work but i thought he did a tremendous job of both you know know, bringing bringing both what i you know what i got from the comic and giving a layer of you know depth to this person within the span of 40 minutes like it's very impressive yeah yeah uh the key then insists that Carol at least take a pomegranate because Carol's like I don't want any fruit whatever Carol says that she always found them a bit too much trouble again there's this this symbolism around this pomegranate fruit the king agrees he says but what a wonderful contradiction they are it's a sweet fruit surrounded by bitter but it's heaven for the effort 
So he's trying to break down Carol a little bit there. He also says that if they enjoy music, we have a guitarist that'll bring tears to your eyes and a wonderful choir. And on the way out, she says, may I call you your majesty? And she, he says, yes. She says, your majesty, thank you. It was a pleasure. So uh, that was their first encounter with King Ezekiel on his throne. As soon as Morgan rolls Carol out, she <laughs> she leans over and she goes, you're me right <laughs> right ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> and morgan agrees she, morgan's like he's actually on her side like yeah you know it is a lot she cuts him off she says the whole place is a damn circus she goes it's make-believe it's playtime she said she'll wait until she's healed and then eventually she'll go and slip away like she planned morgan says he's not gonna let her go and she challenges him again saying what what are you gonna do you're gonna tie me up like you did the wolf <laughs> making reference to the wolf that he kept alive right. in Alexandria, no All doubt. Right. Who, by the way, that actor that played that lead wolf, he's killing it on Gotham right now. Like I, I'm not oh, a yeah. big, I'm not a huge fan of Gotham, but he's playing the Mad Hatter. And oh, it's like, oh, really? He's doing, okay. a, he's doing oh, a really yeah, good he's job. Doing as a good Mad job. Hatter. Yes, I still love <laughs> him. Oh, like like, excellent. The, the Mad, yeah. the Mad Hatter is not my favorite Batman villain. So it's like, wow, he's really made this guy into a pretty legit threat. So good job on him. And didn't the Penguin come from The Walking Dead too? Uh, so that we get a lot of the yeah, he, yes, yes, yeah. Got Robert Ford Taylor's <laughs> yes. was he got killed in Terminus, and now he's nailing it as a the Penguin over. Cobble, Cobble Pot, whatever his name is, right? Yeah. So next scene, the gates open to a walled suburban town, and and it, at this this shot right here reminded me very very much of Woodbury. You saw like the you know kind of a constructed wall around a suburban downtown area. Mm-hmm. You saw the school buses there. I mean, it really it it really could have been just just a different version of Woodbury. Uh, two trucks leave in a hurry. We hear Morgan's voice asking where they're going. Obviously, he's in one of the trucks, and uh, they see a shot. We, we see a shot of a bunch of wild pigs eating a walker on the streets of the city. King Ezekiel responds, what was once captive to the farm now runs free in the city. We see a bunch of pigs being herded then by our group into a shed with a walker kind of tied up so the pigs can have some more dinner. Morgan asks why, you know, why are they doing this? And Richard, which is one of the the kingdom folks, responds, I want their bellies full of rot. Yeah. (laughs) So we don't know exactly what they're doing here with these pigs. He also has a good line, this guy Richard. He goes, uh, you know, man, you could shoot a machine gun off in the woods. Nothing. You cough in the city and these walkers are all over you. <laughs> I guess it's kind of, li- yeah. I, I like Jerry, but Richard's my second favorite person in the kingdom right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty real guys. It's like, I kind of like what they're saying. A small well, like the things they're saying, yeah. like, you know, it's not much, but like the little details you get make me like this group way more than any of the Alexandrians, any more the hilltops, the like, Woodbury, right. the hilltop. Like, I don't know those people, but well, I feel they're like, not cut out. Like, they're, they're not, those- yeah, they yeah, they feel like I have some some kind of depth to what's going on here. It's like they finally found a way to like make a civilization feel lived in, which I haven't right. really gotten in the past in the other places. Yeah. Plus, that character's name is Richard, and that's a really good name. Oh, that's yeah, he seems like a real <laughs> dick to me, but I mean, he's a good guy. Right? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> a small herder walker start to approach our group. Richard then says, "Ben, you're up." So Ezekiel insists that Ben, who's a younger uh, member of the group there, insists that he do what he was taught and use the machete. But Ben tries to go for one of the walkers and misses the head and and gets the machete stuck in one of the shoulders of the walker. Ezekiel saves him, gets the walker down, tells Ben not to be troubled, it's okay. He took the walker to the ground and basically put it out of misery with his sword, the king's sword. Uh, Richard tells Morgan not to mention anything to the folks back home about anything that happened here today. 
On the way back to the trucks, though, Ben almost gets attacked again, but this time Morgan saves him with his staff. Ezekiel notices this, and then this is amazing. I had to, I had to quote this because this is why it took me a while to write this, this review. Uh, he then addresses the walkers approaching the group, saying, May we one day cease you from this curse, but we live on in your place, full, faithful, festive, and free. <laughs> but Richard only has to add only halfway free. Yeah. So, again, he's addressing not only the people around him, but he's addressing walkers that are coming at him. He's really living in this mm-hmm. character, isn't he? King Ezekiel. Right. <laughs> but you know what else I like about this group is also that it, instead of the group in Alexandria who kind of just didn't think about the dangers outside, like, he is training his people to exist and, you know, and fight out there. It's not like he's pretending that there are no walkers and there aren't dangerous things out there. Right. So it's a different type of take. Well, yeah, they're all, like you said, they're replenishing the well. So, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a level of understanding that there is a real threat out there, as opposed to Diana, right? Right. Um, Who's Diana? You know, like, for all, the, <laughs> for all the effort she put in to keep the Alexandrians relatively safe, yeah, there, there was a, you know, a naivety to how things are actually going on in the real world, which led to their down, you know, mostly their downfall. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact you could argue that Rick is the reason that Alexandria had a downfall. Pretty much. Uh, but, uh, I mean, there is a... Even if he wasn't there, something else could have happened. I mean, Negan would have caught up to the Alexandria eventually, right? I mean, just a matter yeah, of time. Negan have, yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, if you if you want to really examine it, if Negan got up to Alexandria before Rick did, oh. there, probably, there probably would have been. Well, no, there probably would have been some intimidation, but there might not have been too much death because Negan, for all he is, you know, for all horrible he is, the things he's doing are basically for your protection. Essentially, he just right. rules over them. Oh, they'd have been giving stuff up. I mean, they'd be, they'd, they'd, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they'd be yeah. giving up stuff right away, and they wouldn't be threatened. But there'd probably be a lot less death than what has actually happened. So there's real, some really but, interesting thoughts you could take away as far as what Rick's good is actually doing for other people. Oh, out he there. destroyed <laughs> Alexandria. But, but, but this shows. Oh yeah, but this shows how Alexandria would have eventually fallen to Negan because at least this group is producing more for Negan's group. They Therefore, they're 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 kept alive, right? They're kept. And what I can what I can only hope is that Negan's presence in this series becomes explored, so you really see if he is for all the bluster and whatnot. And I'm not right. condemning his actions, but how evil really is he? Um, mm-hmm. I now, don't think he really grand, is all in, that evil. In the grand scheme of things, yeah. There's obviously yeah. some there's posturing that results in horrible things that make it that make him overall a horrible person. Right. But as far as what his command does for people it, it's like you know it's more of like playing devil's advocate and trying to see what kind of good comes out of what negan has to offer but uh i, I, I don't see him as evil per se i see him more of a chaotic evil in a way i mean he definitely has the intimidation and whatnot but i mean when it comes right down to it i believe that negan's motivations are truthful and honest and he really believes he's doing good but he's also getting you know satiating that that sadistic side that that he can now get away with because that's okay in this world well he set up a barter system pretty much i mean it's just very one side it's more of a shakedown system right it's It's a a shakedown yeah he's 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 he's, he's the mob he's He's the mafia of yeah right and like in terms of like the person he is he's a horrible person but as far as what his rule is doing to people Mm -hmm. there's a there's a there's a logistical idea there that i can get behind to a point uh compared to well, Rick's like stealth team actions that result in a lot more death than there probably needed to be to begin with. 
Yeah. Well, they came in and they just wiped some people out. I mean, they, yeah. and that was and, so awesome back then. Oh, yeah. if, but if again, we only knew, think, if we only knew what was to come. But uh, but yeah. but again, I think it'll be interesting for the show if it actually chooses to go this route to really delve into what makes these people tick. I think that'll right. make everything more interesting than just you know you're bad and you're good. So Richard makes that little comment at the end of King Ezekiel's speech to the Walkers that uh, only halfway free. So there's a little little hint there that maybe they are being extorted or something is going on out there which we're going to find out later in the episode back in town one of the trucks returns richard has taken the other truck somewhere else ezekiel asks how morgan acquired his skills with the staff and morgan replies that very much as he has before a cheesemaker a friend yep. <laughs> ezekiel says he'd be proud to have morgan stay and that Ben needs some help. His path is not is not set. Uh, he needs the boy to live. That one day he'll become an important member of his court. Morgan re- uh, reluctantly agrees to teach uh, Ben the ways of the staff and how to you know get him better. And Ezekiel laughs and says that the kingdom is once again favored by his presence. Again, just this, sure this real yeah. regal. You know, <laughs> I just <laughs> you gotta love this guy though. He's actually he's yeah. great. And this is where we get the big choir montage. <laughs> This is exactly where it comes in. So the choir montage scene begins. Uh, we're in Carol's room, and we see more letters, you know, more quotes on the wall. And this one is, drink from the well, replenish the well, which we've heard him say, and now it's actually on her wall. And she's glaring at it. She's kind of staring at that. Um, we, she's stewing, really. As the choir sings in the background, we can also see through her window, Morgan is training Ben in the use of the staff. They're in, like, the gazebo again, um, as Eastman had once trained him. Later, we see Carol wheeling herself around town, and she steals a knife and a chocolate bar just just that was laying around. Uh, maybe some time passed again. The choir is still singing. Ben is getting really good with the staff after a while. Well, he's, well, he's, he's getting better. He's not getting really, really good. He's, 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 he's learning he, a thing. He's taking <laughs> to Morgan's tutelage. So let's, let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, Carol, well. Yeah, Carol is chatting with one of the laundry guys. This is really funny. And she's in ecstasy over the breakfast cobbler. And she's like, oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe there's this breakfast cobbler. And she starts to fake cry. Uh-huh. And she asks if the guy can get her some tissues. And the, the laundry guy runs off to get her some tissues, and she steals some clothes that he was just folding and puts it under her little blanket on, in the wheelchair. So she's still in her The choir singing the choir. Because I, at first I forgot that there was a choir that they mentioned earlier, too. So I thought it was just like, oh, this is a random music choice that they went for because it's like, this is a Bob Dylan song. but it's it, it was a Bob Dylan ethereal. song, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a, don't, don't think twice, it's all right. But um, I was like, oh, that's, that's that's fun. Like, that's a fun You know, in the midst of watching Westworld where they're, they have, like, a lot of piano tunes playing old West versions of modern songs. I'm like, right. oh, boy, Walking Dead's got something, too, going on. Yeah. <laughs> So Ben and Morgan finish the training, and Ben asks to borrow Morgan's book he saw hanging out of his little backpack there. Uh, Ezekiel approaches and tells the two to get ready. There is a matter of import needing to be tended to and, <laughs> and to bring his gun. So in an abandoned parking lot, we now see Ezekiel um, with the trucks, and he explains why they, they killed the swine far from the kingdom. The pigs that were there are now butchered, and they're hanging from the back of the truck. And Ezekiel explains that we kill these things far from the kingdom so people cannot hear that they're, they're squeals and that this is a secret and it's a burden that he must, you know, must carry. And the walkers, so the walkers can't heal this. Mm-hmm. All smart, too. Well, no, 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 I think that, oh, you're saying that they, they didn't want the walkers to heal? I thought he didn't want the, the village people to hear that they were dealing with pigs. Uh, I believe it's both. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Both, have, both, both are good reason. Yeah. yeah. 
so then a truck of saviors appears. We know that they're saviors just by their swagger and, you know, the, the pickup yeah. truck and these guys. You know, Gavin is the leader. Uh, he joked that he thought they were going to be early, but Ezekiel replies that he will fulfill their obligations on time every time. And Gavin is impressed by that. He says, yes, we value your relationship. So see, they seem to have a lot of mutual respect. Like, yes, like yeah. the saviors respect the kingdom for fulfilling their obligations. And the kingdom respects the saviors for knowing that if they don't, they're, they're dead meat. But right. there, is a, yeah, there is an obvious kind of, in comparison to the other saviors we've met, like the, you know, the people that uh, Daryl rocket launched to death. <laughs> oh, the, the, um, the bike gang there, right? Is that the bike yeah, gang. Okay. Like, yeah. There's a very clear, like... This this one leader in particular for the saviors, like he seems Gavin. to be very, yeah, Gavin. He seems to be very attentive to Ezekiel's very style of phrase. You know, it's not mm. like he's take he's not taken aback by this, and he treats yeah he treats like you say he treats him with respect, which is, you know, that can go a long way. And so I, right. I, I was interested. Well, they're not all savages. They're not exactly, and it, yeah. that's that's why again it'll be interesting to see what kind of rule Negan imposes over these various communities as we learn more and more about his, uh, you know, the the saviors in general because they're. There's, there's more ways to impress me by what Negan's capable of than just seeing him bludgeon people with a bat every week. So I, I, I like that there's an intimidation here that's much different than the way he intimidated Brick and the gang. I mean, didn't Negan try to convince the envoy from the hilltop to shoot Greg, the leader? Like, so I mean, we've seen Negan take take different stances to different people he's extorting, right? Yeah. I mean, we, so uh-huh. <laughs> we never know. But they seem to have respect. Like in this case, at least for the for the uh, for the kingdom folks. Yeah. Gavin walks to the back of the truck, counts the pigs, totaling eight, and he compliments Ezekiel that they, they look bigger than the last time, and that this is a good thing. And Richard replies, we made sure they were well fed. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were Richard, eating zombie guts. That's, yeah. that's that's why I wrote Richard dash awesome in my notes. You get exactly what it's like, oh, that's why they're feeding them walker meat. That's such a, <laughs> that's such a, like, a great, like, um, backhanded kind of way to deal with a thing that they don't want to be a part of. It's like, okay, we'll yeah. give you the pigs. We'll, we'll give you fat pigs. You, you want them fat? Yeah. I'll get them nice and fat for you, you suckers. Here you <laughs> go, right? I, in the back of my head, I kept hearing uh, Bob Stuckey, tainted meat! Tainted meat! <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept hearing that. The female kingdom person, which I wrote, I, I, she has a name. I, I, I didn't catch her name. It was even said in the episode, but I, I forgot her name. Anyway, she was carrying the bow and arrow. She leans over to Morgan, attempting to explain that these these guys are from another group, and he cuts her off and says, "I know who they are." So he knows. Diane, is it Diane? Okay, I just yeah. didn't, I didn't note it earlier on when when her name was said. Okay, thank you. And Morgan says, "I know who they are," so he knows exactly who these savior folks are. But now it brings us up to a very uh, one of the highlights of our show, and the highlights of really this whole episode <laughs> is "Fear the Walking Dead: Colon Passage," brought to you by Taco Bell. <sighs> So if you guys are on the plus three end of things and you fast-forwarded your commercials, you missed something really, oh. really special. And, and it I, made me hungry I, for Taco Bell. Did, did I, I, <laughs> I, ra- I, rarely, I rarely catch this show live, so I'm always fast-forwarding. But I do stop and go back to be like, oh, no, I'm missing passage. That's so when you, I say. Right, when you see like that skull, the Mexican skull thing, and you see like the Taco Bell logo, you go, oh, whoa, 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 stop. Got to rewind Actually, it, right? Last, last night was fun because I was, I, was, um, I was watching it. Um, with my girlfriend, she was she was on the on the couch with me, and she wasn't really yeah. paying attention. But she, she but I, I had to explain what passage was, which meant I had to explain what Flight Four Six Two was. So that was like, wait, wait a second, yeah. wait a second. She doesn't know what Flight Four. She missed all that. She missed that fun. Come on, man, that was a great flight. 
I had, I had I, to go. Well, I had to, I had to explain how great it was. <laughs> recapping Flight Force Two. Somehow, I think her life is still better for now. <laughs> uh, so, in this episode, Aaron, can you get us up to speed? What, what exactly happened here? Oh well, after last week's very thrilling premiere episode of Flight Fear of the Walking Dead, sorry, Fear of the yes. Walking Dead Passage, presented by Taco Bell, um, <laughs> this week we follow that same woman that was watching the other person stabbing the walkers in the background in the hazmat suit. Now she's like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." She's like scrambling around, which on still what seems to be like a some kind of tarmac or yeah, whatever, it's... like a rescue area. And she like she moves around and she sees another person. She sees a person in a hazmat, and we think it's like you know that's probably like the guy that was stabbing the other walkers right in the hazmat, but it's not. It seems like it's a walker in a hazmat suit. And then before he has a chance to do anything, she, that person gets stabbed by some other random woman that comes out of nowhere. It's like what and. <laughs> And and then the woman's like, "Who are you? Whatever." And they're all like confrontational. And she like holds a knife up to her throat and everything. And she's like, "Are you?" It's basically like, a, "Are you one of them?" kind of question. And he's like, "No, I sprained my ankle." And like she shows her like this wounded ankle. And, and, and then she's like, "Okay, well you're you're on your own." And runs away. But then the woman's like, "No, stop!" And I think that's pretty much where we end off. With right. Yeah. Let, 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 let me just say. Let me just say. First off, let, hold on. One thing. Now listen. Listen. Come on, get this, to it. We're listening. We're listening. Go ahead. We're listening. This, this was on, it, on its own compelling and just genius. But then to hear Aaron Newworth <laughs> give his color commentary and play by play, it's almost like you're there. <laughs> it well, it listen. was amazing. Aaron, hats off, flowers your way brilliant it, it is brilliant it, 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 I will, it, yeah i will say this about fear of the walking dead passage presented by taco bell it <laughs> it you know despite while flight 462 had a better gimmick as far as like there's zombies on an airplane what do we do this one seems to like get what it's trying to do faster because we're in the and, thick of act- and it's brought to you by taco bell hey that's a, yeah that's another thing you're like oh man i'm really hungry it right now what am i gonna get well uh, go for a case of right now because like flight 462 took its time like it took a while before you're like getting more than just shots of characters looking worried outside of an airplane window like now we're like right in the middle of things so like i i do appreciate that if you're the walking dead passengers about taco bell is a, it seems like a little more on the game of like how to make you interested in watching a minute version of a short film um that you know what the uh, 5462 merely toyed with last season and the acting isn't half bad these two women were actually were pretty okay i was kind of okay with what they were doing yeah. like, you, yeah. just, you don't know their whole situation yet but i right. it was, well, that was that was know. the same with the web series shorts when nicotero was directing the web yes, series like yes. the acting got progressively I, better and they hired yeah. better actors like ones you could yeah. actually recognize from things as opposed to like just random people in the first web series and then it, it got better over time so yeah. So that was episode two. If you'd like to see episode three, they actually release them a little bit early before the actual episode airs of The Walking Dead. But anyway, they're on AMC.com. You can check them out and uh, get yourself some Taco Bell, please. Because they hey, sponsor. If I, if I, yes. If I have to wait 20 minutes to see Glenn die, I can wait 45 minutes to see an episode of Fear of the Walking Dead. Have to <laughs> Taco Bell. No, I wonder if if one of these characters is going to join the the cast again. They didn't say that this time. They didn't. They didn't throw that hint down did they or maybe i missed we'll it. just we'll just we'll just assume that one of the characters from fear of the walking dead passive percent of taco bell will join much <laughs> like they did from fear of the walking dead five four six no you know what's yeah. even more amazing about Fear the Walking Dead Passage brought to you by Taco Bell is every time every every time Aaron says 
near the Walking Dead passage brought to you by Taco Bell, he seems to be able to cut out less and less. Uh, of he the skips syllable. a syllable or two. Yeah, just it's, it just rolls and, off his tongue. But, yeah, but somehow you still understand it. It's almost like it's two syllables in another language. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's, it's a children of children of Tama language, right? It's not. It's a it's you, descriptive. Yes. Well, it's because you pick up my nuances. You understand what I'm saying at that point. <laughs> oh, most definitely. So after that lovely uh, little little minute scene, there we go back to our show, The Walking Dead. And Aaron, thanks for covering that, by the way. And that's going to be. I'm a- I'll yeah. be happy to present every episode if you're the Walking Dead hasn't presented. <laughs> and you will, believe me. So we get back to the parking lot. They begin to load the pigs uh, into one of the saviors, uh, into the trucks. And one of the saviors picks a fight with Richard. This guy tells him to smile more. Like he's being a little bit grumpy. They have a little bit of a scuffle. Uh, Ezekiel. Wait, 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 yes. Hold on, hold on. Before okay. we go. I think this is actually where Richard Dash awesome because it's like the guy's like quick picking a fight and he takes a swing and Richard's like fuck you and he ducks and punches him instead. Well, what it was and actually I I didn't exactly quote them word for word, but it's like he says we've been taking it easy on you and I think Richard said you sure you don't have that backwards buster or something like that. Like it was yeah. it was something yeah, along like, those yeah, lines, yeah. right? Yeah. But just like the wind up punch to Richard's like. No, and he ducks out of the way of it really simply. It just made, that made me laugh. Now, this is also pretty important here, too. If you noticed, all the kingdom people drew their weapons, and they were ready for battle. They had uh, rifles. Even Jerry was there. You had the bow and arrow girl, Denise. You had, you had uh, Morgan there pointing a gun. I mean, they looked like they could take down these saviors like nothing. Like, they were ready to, and they probably could have. So that shows they how didn't show us, well, What's that? They didn't, show, they didn't show a reaction shot of the saviors, which I thought was interesting. Like, right. I, I, because we did in a later shot, you know, when it's more wide framed, you get to see that the saviors they did have their weapons drawn as well. So right. They chose, they chose to show that the kingdom people they're ready to act if necessary, which is important. Right. They have their body the other, armor on, their BMX bike bar, their body armor, whatever that was, you know. But and, the other the other important thing there is that Morgan drew his gun as well. Yes. And, and obviously that's going to play on later in the episode. But I think that you know, again, much like Carol and her kind of the awkward handling of her thing, while I wasn't as down on Morgan last season because Morgan's awesome. Um, you know, it was frustrating to have him deal with that wolf and have us like all watch him go through this motion of trying to impart his wisdom and frustratingly not kill anybody um, that, you know, really deserved to get killed in some way. Like, so here you have like some chinks in the armor all of a sudden where it's like now he's drawing guns like, you know, right. last the. The last time we saw Morgan, he had he was forced to shoot a guy. He was forced to shoot one of the saviors because there was just no other option. Well, that's what pushed him and, over the edge, I think, right? Isn't that exactly. what changed him? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, and now it's like, well, now it's you know because you see because you see him both draw the gun and then you get a shot of him looking at the gun, realizing that he drew the gun, and like right. there, that's you know there's there's not a lot there, but there's some good there's some good little you know bit of character work right there in that little tiny scene. So maybe you know he'll have a little bit more relaxed vision of his philosophy maybe he'll start to realize that you know what sometimes you really do have to kill people sometimes i mean even though as much as you don't want to look even the jedi have their code right i mean they, but they did kill people a lot i mean sometimes you well, have to he, right it's like well yeah. when he had a discussion about the you know like the staff didn't save people it didn't always save everybody right yeah the gun did i yep. mean so. Well, I, th- I think that that conversation was between him, him and Ezekiel, and Ezekiel said mm-hmm. something. The staff couldn't have saved Carol, but the gun did, or right. something like that. Right, yeah. right, right. And that's what so. it was. So Ezekiel then, during this 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 fracas, this this scuffle, he says, "Cease this," and instructs the men to lower their weapons, and they all comply. They're very well trained, his kingdom folks. Uh, then the punk savior then says, "Oh, free punches, huh?" And he starts to punch Richard across the face twice, who does not right. fight back. He just 
takes the punches and gets, gets knocked down to the ground. And and Ezekiel pleads with Gavin, says, Gavin, get your man under control, please. This is not how but we do things. But he did it, but yeah. I like the way he did it because he could have done it in a way that the guy would have probably turned on all of them. Mm-hmm. But he 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 went to the leader of that group, and they have a little rapport. Right, and right. He said, he said, get your man. Mm-hmm. But he said it. He didn't beg, though. Yeah, and, right, and he didn't order him either. He, he said it in a, yeah, in a nice way, right. He, he just said, you know what? We let you, you, you got your hits for that. Now let it go, you know? And, right. and he, he called his man back for it, too, like yeah. he did. Yep. If this was if this was Rick, oh, he'd, like have, he'd have shot everybody by now, and then there'd right. be a horrible death next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ezekiel knows how to not shame a person in leadership, in, in a leadership position. Right. That's the last thing you want to do is embarrass them if you don't want an altercation. So he... He's like he's all he's a diplomat in one way, and also you know he knows how to think like a tactician in another way. Right, you know, Daryl, it's good to be the king. <laughs> he read those books. He knows. So Gavin, uh, though, doesn't leave without threatening a little threat on the way out, saying next week is produce week, and that they better produce. <laughs> yep. Another pun, another pun uh-huh. there. Yeah. Uh, or Richard will be the one who gets it. Doesn't say Richard, but he kind of you know g- g- nods his way. That there'll be one of you who's going to get it. He said he'd be first. He did say he'd be first. He'd be first. But he didn't say, I don't think he said this guy's name. He just kind of said he'll be first or something like that, right? Or nodded his way. I kind of thought that either meant Richard, which mainly makes sense because they cut camera to Richard, or Shiva, actually, too. (laughs) He could have been threatening the tiger. (laughs) So Morgan uh, questions Ezekiel on the way out, saying, is this why he wants him to stay? You want me to stay because I'm a warrior? I can help you fight these saviors? And Ezekiel responds, no, 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 no. Quite the opposite, in fact. Whatever that means. I guess he's trying to... I don't know. Maybe he sees something in Morgan. But we see uh, they're in the mess hall now. Morgan is eating with uh, with his friend, I guess... Uh, what was his name? Ben, ben, I guess, right? Yeah. Ben. And we see another quote on the wall. I just jotted it down. I was trying to get as many as I could. The dead are alive, lest not the alive be dead. K.E. Another one of those uh, <laughs> King Ezekiel quotes. <laughs> right. Um, Morgan and Ben have a conversation. He kind of likes Ben's uh, son. And uh, Morgan then brings food back to Carol's room, but we see that she has fled. Carol attempts to sneak out of the camp, as she usually does, but she stops for a moment to pick some apples. And at that point, King Ezekiel and Jerry are there to confront her. It's like he was—he uh, almost knew she'd be coming that way. Can right. we can we back up a bit? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, like the, the cafeteria scene. There's a lot of Morgan stuff there between Ben because that's a go good, ahead. I had a, that's a good. It's yeah. a good conversation between them because that, that's this is where Morgan basically talks about how. He can, you know, the he talks about his um his philosophy with Benjamin. Like he, right. he doesn't get completely into it, but he talks about it and he mentions like you know sometimes you can change your mind. Like he actually gets into that detail where like and you kind of you kind of really hear Morgan basically thinking out loud about what he's been doing and maybe whether or not it's the right way to proceed uh, given the environment given the environment around him, given the you know the presence of these saviors, these take no prisoners type of characters or whatnot. There's this there seems to be yes yeah, some. Further under, further fleshing out of the way he can proceed in his life, despite thinking life is precious and whatnot. Um, there's also a neat detail that um, that the Negan deal is being kept quiet from most of the residents of the kingdom. Like that's uh, it's not something that everyone knows about. They don't really know about the saviors, and I thought that was interesting that hmm. Ezekiel is governing his people in a very particular way. Yeah, there was some good dialogue there. You're absolutely right about that. I, I, I was and just thinking uh, as you were it's, talking. It's also, but, yeah. it's also movie night, apparently, also. And, uh, so yes. Ben's kid need to finish his dinner so he can go to movie night. 
I mean, this is a really great place to live, right? This has it's like the best qualities of Alexandria and Woodbury put together, right? It's like this is the ideal kind of post-apocalyptic kind of community you can you can happen upon. In comparison, yes, this seems like the best one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't seen how Negan lives. Maybe he's maybe maybe his schools are better. His school district could be better better funded. Who knows? I, I'm guessing There's less fracking, not. I believe, in Negan's area. But yeah, I mean, besides that, <laughs> although Negan said he's not growing a garden, I'm not growing a garden. So again, uh, King Ezekiel and Jerry confront Carol as she's on the way out. Again, there's a lot of dialogue here, so if you guys want to jump in, please. I couldn't well, possibly first, first type, off, type down the, all the, of it. The, yeah. most, the, most, the most important part is that when Ezekiel and Carol need to talk, Ezekiel asks Jerry to, to kind of keep, you know uh, excuse you know give us some privacy, and right. Jerry's like, "All right, I'll be over. I'll be over here. Uh, just holler if you need me. I'll be in holler distance." Deuces and raises his fingers. Deuces. Up in the air. It's like the best. <laughs> I mean, it was sad to lose Abraham last week, but you know what? I'm, I'm kind of liking these these one liners we're getting from Jerry. I, I, I can. It's it's a poor substitute, but I'll take it. I hope there's I hope there's Jerryisms on the wall as well. I know Jerry's my man. That's my man. Now, now you mentioned Jay. you mentioned that it's all the quotes had the K E, and I thought yes. they did at first too. But my second time through, some of them looked like they had L E. I think it was just the script. I, I think it, it was just the scripty script. Just the script. Yeah, yeah I think K-E. it was the font. Because I was trying to figure out then is E his middle name, his last name, is L some mystery? What I don't know because a couple of them it looked like an L. Well, the actor said that this scene was the scene that he had to read in order to get the part. Like, this is what they, you know, they made them read first. When he was in his normal voice. Just for casting. Not in his king voice, right? Well, he probably came up with the king voice to do it when he came in to do it because you got to be in that role. But they, they, uh, but he, they said, he said that they had like, uh, like four pages of dialogue that you have to read when you did it. And it was basically this scene with this scene with Carol. Because they wanted to get this right, because I'm pretty sure that means we're going to get a lot of him and Carol as the series, you know, the season progresses, and they want to know that he's going to be right, you know, to be right. able to that chemistry. This, this was definitely the Walking Dead in their history of introducing new tentpole characters, the best that they've done, the most rounded out of here's this new character and here's what he's all about from this side to that. It's a different dynamic because uh, I don't want to spoil anything with the comics, but uh, it's not really a spoiler, but he deals with Michonne more in the comic. I think we've talked about on this show. It's before a switch. That, that Carol, Carol, yeah, well, switch. Carol's, yeah. Carol's not around in the comics anymore. We've talked right, about that before. Right, Carol right. Is, Andrea still dead. is, right? So yeah, it's a yeah. switch. Yeah, right. it's, but it's so a good. different dynamic because Michonne is so different. And, you know, like the way that he would talk to Michonne is so different than the way that he would talk to this version of Carol. So it's just, it's, I'm just captivated by watching how he deals well, because, with her. Because Carol's TV version has a lot in common with Michonne now. So it's, which yeah. is why it's, it's interesting you don't really th- I can't really think of many Carol and Michonne sequence scenes actually on this series but I mean you can see why because they're both very similar mm-hmm. which is a, you know it's a problem that the show ran into having Abraham Daryl um, T-Dog or not T-Dog um, uh, rest in peace T-Dog not, not T-Dog uh, uh, I forgot the name Tyrese Tyrese, uh, Tyrese. you know having having so many like alphas of, mm-hmm. along with Rick it made it difficult to kind of balance the who's Rick's you know number one man and you know next to him but and so you have a similar kind of scenario here, but you know they've wisely figured out ways to separate them. Where you have like Carol and Daryl, you know, together a lot for other episodes to kind of move them away from you know the other stuff going on. Now you have right. more Carol. Like it's there's some neat dynamic play here, which I which I think is a 
being well handled as far as keeping these characters keeping these characters somewhat away from each other so you can get new dynamics being formed like you're mentioning Daryl like it, it works mm-hmm. out we have Michonne now you know she's with Rick and whatnot so it's, right, right yeah presents different options to go forward so again, there's a lot of dialogue here. I'll just go through my quick little summation that I wrote down. Uh, the king tells Carol he admires her plan and her cover story, essentially, but he saw right through it. I mean, he knows that she was putting on an act. Um, mm-hmm. He also admires bullshit. He, right. he, he even said that. He used that exact he, uh, quote. That's right. He even said it in a way like he's never ever said that in his life. Like, is that how they is is don't uh, bullshit as they say? Like he he just said it like it was a foreign. Yeah. Well, he, he was singing in his regal tongue, right? He didn't, he didn't yeah. switch tongues yet, or he was still talking that way. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and then he admires her for being able to dispose of the saviors. Carol mm. just starts laughing at him, and she says, and he asks why, and she goes, well, you're a joke, and that's what I do with jokes. I laugh at jokes. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, Ezekiel finally lets go. Well, you know that it, yeah. it was almost watching that scene, which was so exciting for me, because I love when actors are really going at it. Mm-hmm. You can see them slowly take their mask off. Mm-hmm. Like right. they're slowly doing it. It's like like when, when she sat down finally. Little piece and then, at a time. Yeah. Little piece, when he looks at Carol and, he, and he, his eyes change when he looks at Carol and, he, and he's like, I see you. I know who you know. Like I mm-hmm. know that this was all an act. And then, the, and then slowly Carol kind of slumps a little bit and she's like, all right, okay, all right, we're going to do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about this. So, and then she slowly, you know, comes out of her mask and, and he does the same thing. And then eventually he, they, they basically, basically just basically take off the wigs, everything, just everything comes flying off and it's just them bare sitting on that bench together. And I love getting from that point to that point, you know, from from them, you know, being so guarded with each other to getting down to that to that point. This was very satisfying. I said this at the beginning of my of the episode because um, they wrapped this up now, not three episodes from now, not six episodes mm-hmm. from now. Yeah, he finally just has a heart to heart with this woman right now, and I, and it makes me wonder too, how many people really know his real story in that camp? Is she the yeah. only one? Like, is she? I'd, I would be surprised she's if she chosen. Is. Yeah. I would say maybe some of the, you know, there might be some people that are just, some of the people in the kingdom might not, you know, right. they might just not be kidding themselves to thinking that this is a mm-hmm. real thing, but they're willing to accept it because it just, it promotes the idea of safety. They don't want to know. I think yeah, a lot of exactly. the, they, yeah. they know, but don't want to know. Yeah, you know, they kind of, yeah, like, they're like ostriches. They stick their heads in the ground. They're like, all right, like I can, I'll buy into this because it's working, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I, but I wouldn't imagine too many of them are doing that. I think most of them just kind of think, all right, that's a quirky guy, but he's leading us right. Right, so, right. Right. so right. we'll take it. Like, 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 he ain't no governor. Like, he ain't no like, one-eyed like, governor. Like <laughs> Jerry, Jerry probably buys it, but like Richard probably doesn't. But he's willing to go along with it. That's kind right. of like my thought. Right. I think Jerry would be broken if he realized that the, uh, he wasn't the king. Like Jerry, <laughs> Jerry still thinks there's a tooth fairy. Let's yeah. go. With that. <laughs> so, so Ezekiel drops his regal accent. He explains how he faked it till he made it. That the group needed a leader. Uh, he explains that in the beginning of the apocalypse, he was a zookeeper. He tended to Shiva uh, once when she was mortally wounded, and that the tiger then showed preference for him. Um, long story short, he took the tiger they were both starving in the, in the zoo took him out they started wandering together um it's not practical keeping a tiger so she, she eats as much as 10 people but explains how the stories within the mythos of the king was created by him just having that tiger so because of that coupled with his he used to act in community theater he said he played a few kings in his day um <laughs> what do you say martin luther was one of them too i don't know he said caesar and yeah yeah uh uh, but his name really is Ezekiel. He said, that really is my name, 100%. That's that's me. 
he apologizes to Carol too for all that she's been through because she's, she's she's still getting upset. She still wants to leave. He tries to explain the virtues of life. Life is life. Life is good. You don't have to run. And he even, I did quote this line. He says, I found a way to deal with the bad by going a little overboard with the good. Like, I guess right. that was cool. I thought that pretty yeah. much sums up the kingdom, right? Everything is yeah. cheery <laughs> and happy and, you know. Especially for, and that's a lot of why I like this episode. I mean, because the, the show itself is, I've talked about this many times before, but, you know, there's a, there's a nihilistic streak to this show. I mean, it, it very much tries to both give you a sense that Rick really wants to hope for a sense of hope, but every week kind of, you know, browbeats him down into remembering that, yeah, people die and everything's terrible because zombies are all over the place. And this is an episode, regardless of where things go from here, and you obviously know things are always going to get darker before they get better, especially when Negan's running around and Rick's involvement (laughs) is only going to make things worse. But this is an episode where it's like, I can take this Walking Dead episode that gives me just something, you know, something fun and something inspiring in a way in the midst of all this darkness it helps that i get you know three main characters that are all really compelling this week with morgan carroll and ezekiel but and it's just it's a nice refreshing take break from you know being you know crushed <laughs> weekly on this series that you know wants to dwell in the darkness so often like you don't get that very often it's it just makes this character very uh, three dimensional. I, I think for me, and, and and I like it. But and then he finally says, "Look, maybe we can find a way for you to go, but not really go at the same time." And she looks at him like she's crazy. She says, "You you think I'm crazy, right? Okay, let me let me prove you wrong. I'll have somebody meet you at the gate that you can trust that will take you somewhere where we we can do this." So we then see Morgan meet her at meet Carol at the gate. Um, they have a little. I guess there's not much dialogue between them. I guess as they're on horseback, is there? It's more just looks. No. A lot of looks. You know, a lot of. Right. I mean, there was some dialogue there. I kind of didn't really know too much of it, and. Uh, it's nothing that we haven't really got already in this episode. Okay, so then finally, we, she moves into the house we first saw with that lady that was waving through the window, and the one where Morgan raised the red flag on the on the mailbox. That's her house now. So that she's kind of on the outskirts of the kingdom, but she's not really with the kingdom. But she's living just a little bit outside the kingdom. She goes in the house, takes down the old lady walker, buries her in the backyard, starts to set a fire in the house, in the fireplace, settles in nicely, and then we hear a knock at the back door. And then after the knock, we hear a tiger's growl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess we know who it is. And uh, Ezekiel is out there smiling ear to ear, giving her a pomegranate, saying, you know, you really got to try one of these. Now, yeah. to me, yeah. that's... That is him hitting on her easily. Oh, right? oh yeah. He like, went on the oh, obviously. For that's sure. Come on, Richard. Right Brown chicken, brown cow. How's it go? Come oh, on. Fifty, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they got this fever. They got that jungle fever. <laughs> <laughs> but he came correct, though, with it. Like, he could. I don't I don't think too many women would be able to turn that down. Like, you know, just the way that he came in. and Because he's so. He was, he was just so opening and. With a freaking tiger and didn't feel threatening. Like, he's holding a tiger, <laughs> a leash of a tiger, and a pomegranate, and he looks like the most romantic dude on... That's the one you don't want around when your wife or your girlfriend is there. Because he'd be... And because you'd start getting hit. Like, why you don't act like that when when, when we go out? <laughs> I don't have well, a tiger, girl. Stop hitting me, woman. <laughs> what? what? What works, though, is that it's earned. Like, you got a yeah. whole scene of these characters, you know, interacting with each other and speaking, you know, 
their minds and having an exact understanding of who each other is. Like, and I really like that. I thought it was he just really, really it was, it. It, was really a good ca- it was a great cap to the episode because it's like right. I get it. I get what, oh. I get who these people are. Like it yeah, was a but... cat and mouse type of thing. Like he really played it. Like he looked literally cat and mouse. Calm it, calm it down. Literally, <laughs> it was when great. he really played it like he was. He really saw her, and he was interested in her. Like it was like he, like the first time in a long time that he really was that um, excited by another person. Like, <laughs> you heard the music come in. Is that it? That's, I know it's coming. I know. It's coming. <laughs> now. I guess I wonder, that's why I asked that question, maybe she's the only one throughout all his followers and all the people of the uh-huh. realm that he's actually let, you know, into his real character. And that's well, maybe why. Yeah, that's... Well, I, well, oh, I yeah. think it, I mean, that has to be just, regardless, has to be just reflect, refreshing that he can yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, he, he can do that and he can, he can find someone that has, you know, uh, an emotional state that he can connect with in some way. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that, you know, that's a good part, regardless of if he's put his let his guard down or not before i think it's you know it's a it's a it's a person that that gets it like they both get it they understand what they're doing right they like kindred spirits in a way like they're exactly both yeah they're, they've both yeah. been through that you know through a lot of the pain and loss and and uh they both hold on they both hold on tightly to their mask to get through the day but it feels good to actually be able to like come home and just be able to take that off in front of somebody and you know and just feel comfortable enough to do that and not be so worried about the reaction they would have she he doesn't need to be the leader around her he doesn't need to make her feel safe well no i mean when you're in leadership like that i mean you have your public face and you have your private face you have what you have out there and then you you know so yeah I think strength is what he sees in her. Like she's just as strong oh, as sure. she is. For so sure. he doesn't so he can he feels like she would be fine on her own, but he doesn't want her to be on her. Like he but he knows if she really, really wanted to be on her own, she'd you know, she she'd be strong enough to do it. But uh it's nice, man. It's it's it's, it's, uh, it's I, good to I see think that. Leave it. Yeah. At it. Yeah. I think outside of Carl she is probably the most out of all the characters that are still around. She's the most equipped to be by herself outside of Carl. I think Carl <laughs> is becoming a secret <laughs> badass. That right. yeah, I, I I hope things unfold with his character as well. Carol's been folks. through the gauntlet. Like she's been through the most abusive relationship. Uh, you know, she's been through that years of abuse, and then she's been through. Uh, you know, learning to to be, you know, to survive. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Daryl and um, Michonne and Morgan can handle themselves just fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm just saying that out of all those characters, she's the one that I would not worry about on her own at all. At all. At all. But it's interesting. You mentioned Daryl Michonne. Michonne had a choice to be on her own when the prison fell, and she chose to retrace the steps and find civilization again. She doesn't run. She doesn't run away. Carol is the one that runs away. Right. Uh, Yeah, even um, Daryl. I mean, he was with his brother, and then, you know, I mean, it's like they they chose to come back to the prison. So there's, I think they're at a point now where, yeah, they technically probably could survive on their own, but they don't want to. They don't, they don't, they like being in a group now. And uh, you're right. Carol's always kind of trying to slip away. 
Morgan did survive on his own, guys. Right. Let's keep he that certainly That's did. true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had the cheese maker. Come on, don't discredit the cheese maker. Morgan was clearing <laughs> for a while. A long time. He walked his yeah. way to Virginia from, from Georgia, Morgan, okay? Morgan, sure Morgan went crazy and came back from being crazy. So, I mean, he's, without he's, therapy. Without therapy. Well, oh, his therapy was, Zodi- was, was, was the was, was yeah. Zodiac. He had the, he had the Zodiac killer help. Right. <laughs> Zodiac killer. <laughs> even in his craziness, he still survived, though. Like, even at his most crazy moment, he still survived all that. Which which seems to further emphasize why it was a disappointment to see that Carol Morgan slap fight in the last season. Right. right. Yeah, I, I was a little over the top, but, yeah. Yeah. So... Before we get to our official Buster ratings, we have to, and we always love to, turn it over for a few words to our lovely sponsor, uh, DCB Service. So, uh, Daryl Taylor, we we do the honors this week and talk about DCB Service, please? I'm glad I was actually prepared this time. Good. Uh, well, if you like comics, and we all like comics, and not only comics, because I found something that I think uh, with the last episode... The previous episode, they would people would dig to order from DCBS. Uh, you can go to their website um, and you can order all their comics. Are you know they have a percentage off? It's usually twenty to thirty percent off, sometimes half. And Daryl, what is that website? That that website is DCBSService.com. And part of the trades that you can get if you put in Walking Dead, if you have not read the comics and you want to. Uh, just put in the search Walking Dead and a whole bunch of trades come out. I mean, these are trades where there are 12 issues for only $22. Some are, are and then wow. individual trades that are six issues for eight. Some of them are for $8. You can also get a Negan Lucille t-shirt for $12. It's it's a cool t-shirt. It has a skull in the middle and it has Negan written on top and it has Lucille at the bottom. It's nicer bats. than that one they're hawking on the Walking Dead store. It's right. much nicer. Yes, and it's much cheaper. nicer. And it and has cheaper. the bat. It has the bats as the crossbones for the for the skull. So it That's is amazing. Cool. You you can get that. You who thought you can even get that? At DCBS, but certainly go there and check it out and look up all that stuff and order whatever books you want to order. They will ship it to your house any way you want it. You know, and, you can get it monthly, uh, twice yeah. a week, twice a month, or weekly. It's up to you how you uh, want it uh, sent. And it's not just the comics either, man. Like, if you like the different statues and stuff and not just walking dead, but I mean the comic characters and all that, their statues are always like around 35% off or something like that. And like, just now, if you look at the bottom for me, I've already put it into my cart right now. And that is the $130 Supergirl, The Melissa Bonois Supergirl statue is 88 bucks on here. That is a hell of a deal. And I mean, that's the kind of savings you get with DCBService.com. Thank, All right. thank you, guys. That's great. And they make it possible for us to bring you the Walking Dead TV podcast and fear the Walking Dead TV podcast if you're so inclined. So uh, definitely check that out and uh, give them at least first shot at your business because it'll probably be the best uh, the best price you can get on all your comic book needs. Thanks, guys. So let's get to our Buster ratings. Uh, Aaron, we already wrote your review and you posted on our site, but what, what we, we need to quantify that review. If you can sum it up into a one to five uh, or zero to five Buster rating, what would that be? Um, you know, I was thinking about this and I was going to say four and a half, but I was like, well, what am I marking this down for? 
And I don't know what the answer to that was. So I'm going to give this five busters. Like, when I haven't given it right. five busters in a while. But I feel like this episode does exactly what I want an episode of The Walking Dead to do. It has some Walker action, but it has a lot of well-written character scenes. And for a show that I criticized for its writing quality very often, I wasn't nonplussed by what was going on here. I thought it did a great job of establishing both the Ezekiel character and reestablishing Morgan and Carol's character. In addition, in addition to providing us a whole new society to deal with, and it doesn't feel overstuffed. It feels like I got everything I needed at a proper pace. It gave me more of the Negan threat in the background. Um, so, you know, it's still committed to the larger story, but it gave us just this nice little, you know, kind of side episode that lets us deal with certain characters as well as expand the universe of this series as a whole in a way that just never felt like it was going under rep- under under uh, underdone in any way. Like, I, I just felt like this completely nailed what I'd expect out of a, a, a terrific episode of The Walking Dead. So I've got five busters, guys. Wow, that's it. Uh, Richard? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny you said that, uh, uh, Aaron, is because I was gonna, I was thinking five, and then I was like, eh, I, it's got to be something really good to give it five, so I was going to give it four, four and a half, something like that, but you make a good point. What is there to knock down on it? There's nothing in it, it, it. To me, I have to give it five as well. It was a really, really good episode, and I, like I said earlier, the introduction of Ezekiel was probably my favorite introduction of any character that I've been expecting from the comics. So, uh, yeah, five busters easily. Great. Daryl. I would have to give it a four out of five busters. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very strong episode. I can understand though, the people not digging it, uh, after the craziness that we got from the, the opening and, and going to a, this is a sharp contrast to that, but I, but still like the character moments were so strong and important for what's going to come, uh, throughout the season. Uh, so I, I really dug it. It definitely gets the four out of five for me. I'm going to do uh 4.5 and I'll tell you exactly why I think that there was nothing wrong. It was a very satisfying episode, very satisfying. The only thing it lacked is, like, for me to have a really a amazing episode of The Walking Dead, like something I want to talk about around the water cooler at work, or, hey, you remember the scene where they did this? Did it? Didn't really have those kind of scenes in it. It was like, all right, it was it was the nice, neat little package and introduced us to this world. Uh, if it had just a little bit more over-the-top stuff, maybe it would have been a five. Again, it has a tiger. It has a tiger. <laughs> I was about to say, there's a guy who was a zookeeper in a high school auditorium with a tiger declared himself king. Okay, did the tiger eat anybody's head off or do something? I'm sorry, I'm a little bit more gratuitous. I like a little bit more of the violence, okay? (laughs) Uh, Did it eat some zombies? I mean, something, anything. I I know, I I get what you're saying. Not hating. It had pigs eating zombies. Again, like a five to me would be the episode in the Terminus Terminus where Rick is taking an AK forty seven and mowing down right. termites. That's a five. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm pretty much you, that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I could call my friends and say, "Hey, did you watch that? Did you see that scene where he, Rick took the AK?" I mean, th- this is cool. It's a nice, neat little package. Four point five. Right. I'm I'm not hating any of it. I just need a little bit more of the action. Again, very tight and neat little episode, and I give it a lot of credit for also wrapping up that you know who he really is and not stretching that out. So, kudos. That's a strong one for me, all right? So, 
Who cares what we have to think, though? We have an amazing, amazing Facebook group. If you're not a part of it, go to Facebook.com right now. Do a search for The Walking Dead TV Podcast. Hit Join Group. It's a little button. Hit Join Group. Boom. We get you in quickly, and you can leave your very own Buster ratings. If it's The Walking Dead, if it's Fear the Walking Dead, we call them Toby ratings. Either way, we read them on the show. Usually Jim does it when he's with us today. He couldn't be with us. However, we will just alternate and kind of go through all of our, our lovely listeners' thoughts on what they had to say about the episodes. So starting with Aaron, what did our first listener have to say? Our first review is from Brent Jones. He writes, three oh, so that's Jerry out of five. Hashtag, sorry, Jerry. I was incredibly <laughs> worried that I wouldn't be able to deal with his D Ezekiel guy, but his talk with Carol, who was the perfect person to have for this introduction, was a big relief. Carol made me laugh several times. I'm so glad she called his bullshit, and I'm re- relieved he admitted it was goofy. Am I the only one who wonders about the distances between all these different places? Which we talked about earlier on. But. Exactly. And I think what Brent was saying, that's Jerry. We make reference to a fictitious, well, somewhat fictitious person called Jerry that doesn't like spoilers on our show, right? But somehow, goes back but, for, to, but, for, but for whatever reason, listens to the podcast anyway. <laughs> I think there really was a Jerry maybe 180 episodes ago or 100, whatever. <laughs> but either way. No, no, Jordan made up Jerry. Oh, made Jordan, up Jerry. Jordan made up. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's not that Jerry, but we love Jerry. So, all right. Go ahead, uh, Richard. All right, uh, Tammy Heisley says, I like Morgan and Carol, and the kingdom was very interesting, uh, but not enough to carry an episode alone. That's why I give this week a three. P.S. I love the backstory for King Ezekiel. Daryl? All right, uh, DeRay Irvin, uh, she says, four miladies out of five. <laughs> I was glad to have this less stressful episode after last week's bloodbath. I also love that they feed walkers to the saviors, pigs. It's very fitting. King Ezekiel is amazing. What I like, I believe Jerry may be the new fan favorite. I think DeRay's on to something right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike Jones had to say four tiger tails out of five. Love the kingdom and King Ezekiel. Perfect to the comic. One for Carol's story. At this point, just let her go and never be heard from again. So he's tired of her. Just keep trying to. Oh, is keeping man. to try and escape there. Uh, Susan writes 3.5. Is this the real life video game video starring Carol on painkillers out of five? Uh, she had to be thinking she was in a drug induced haze, wind chimes, cobbled every meal, and a tiger. Insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Stower says four out of Carol gonna get tiger styled out of five. <laughs> Come on, guys. Carol and Ezekiel are gonna for sure hook up. Very happy with the bench scene that he's basically said the way he talks is for shine himself up like a king. And he's really not like that. My wife uh, was like, he talks weird. Another solid setup episode for future plot. Uh, Love the walkers getting fed to the pigs for the saviors. That's like spitting in someone's food at a restaurant. Right, Jim? (laughs) Uh, And damn, the kingdom looks huge. Looking forward to the podcast and next episode. And right. we delivered. Yes. <laughs> uh, Max Sofer, uh, four tainted pork chops out of five. I don't know if y'all heard, but my boy Ezekiel has a tiger. I've been waiting years for this. It was not disappointed. I'm glad Carol's, Carol's who he cl- comes clean to. It, it fits the show better. She's our cold skeptic. Tan Buono, three out of five. King Ezekiel hitting on Carol. When he says, you ought to try the pomegranate, 
He really meant you ought to pet my snake. Um, tiger. <laughs> uh, Mary writes, I'm going with five deuces for this one. A little high, I know, but I needed this episode to ease the burden from the premiere, and it delivered. Been waiting for Ezekiel for a long time, and it didn't disappoint. I was riveted to all of his scenes, and the tiger was better than I thought she'd be. Did you all catch the nuances, too, with the file cabinet and the tire planters? <laughs> had it my favorite. I like that this episode brought in something new, but also put to rest the angst between Morgan and Carol, who, in my opinion, are the most interesting of the characters, despite their tangents last, last season. Also, great that they didn't leave us hanging about Ezekiel's role as the king. The scene between him and Carol on the bench was one among my favorites. And how can we not like Richard and Jerry? <laughs> exactly. You're here. Right. You can't. Darren Appel, five community theater productions of the Bard out of five. <laughs> so many enjoyable new characters introduced. Jerry is my new favorite right-hand man. Well, he just is. All right. Uh, Carl Hooker, uh, four red flags out of five. Uh, King Ezekiel was instantly eerie and likable at the same time. Great casting on that part. Did you all notice the quote uh, decals in every uh, room of the, of the kingdom initialed with K.E.? That was a nice, subtle touch. I also like them feeding zombie-filled pigs to the saviors. I, w- I would so totally eat zombie bacon. Jim needs to make a recipe. I keep telling Jim we got to make the Walking Dead cookbook. I keep telling him. All right, and now sure. it, it, we got to just do it. I don't have to pin him down. We'll start yeah. writing. The uh, WDCB has heard on the WDTV podcast. <laughs> exactly. The official. The official one. Michelle Yvette Peoples. Four deuces out of five. Love the episode. Had the right mix of levity and seriousness. The post-apocalyptic Renaissance Fair vibe was fun and a bit over the top, but served a purpose, and I would happily stay at the kingdom and hang out with Jerry, Shiva, and Ezekiel. Uh, Carrie Payton... Is that how you pronounce his name? Is it Carrie? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Carrie Payton yeah. was uh, great as Ezekiel, and the conversation with him and Carol was great. The way he approached and dealt with Carol was perfect. Ezekiel had her figured out from the start and knew how to deal with her. He was honest with her about what he was doing at the kingdom. Love the tainted meat call back with the pigs. Morgan's reveal uh, about the doubts he has and the struggles with his chosen path was welcome. The only thing I'm getting a bit tired of is the carols going to bolt. It's a bit tedious at this stage. Here, here. I, I mean, we put that to rest now, though. She's in the house. Like, she's done. Yeah. But it's like, even to, to the very end, she's still trying to leave. Like, she's like, enough already. Stop trying to leave, Carol. Well, like, stay put. Well, now that, the, yeah. now that the writers gave her a good monologue that she could have and talk about something with another character, like, yeah, now we can, now we can be settled with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Janet writes, 3.5 walker-stuffed pigs. The trick with feeding the pigs a walker to make them fat for the saviors was brilliant. I really liked the King Ezekiel and Shiva, as well as some of the other kingdom fighters and pig wranglers. Overall, even though there were some awesome moments, the pomegranates made me think of Hades' Persephone story. Good call. Uh, The story felt just too slow. I understand why they want to tone down the intensity after last week's episode, but this episode just felt like they toned it down too far. I mean, we've had lots slower Alexandria episodes, right? We've had, yeah, we have. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying, Janet, you're way off. Just like I remember walking on the train tracks for a whole episode. It's like this is – they at least did a lot in, in an hour. What I yeah. understand, though, that feeling that jarring sense of, you know, there was so much that went on. You know, they, they just everybody's left in such a terrible state, and then you jump to this episode. and It's just, it's just so different. Yeah, so I, I I knew going in. I knew after I watched it that I said there there are going to be people that uh, I didn't think I would like it as much as I, I did. Right, because of it. But you know, I get it. All right. 
So, Chris Pierce, after last week's episode, I could really get on board with the lighthearted pace. It almost felt like a Monty Python sketch parodying <laughs> The Walking Dead. <laughs> King he, wrote, he, he wrote a sketch out here, didn't um, he? I heard, yeah, King Ezekiel. Go and tell your master that we have been charged by God with a sacred quest. If he will give us food and shelter for the night, he can join us in our quest for the Holy Grail. Negan soldier, well, I'll ask him, but I don't think he'd be very keen. Uh, he's already got one, you see. King Ezekiel, what? Sir Richard, he said they already got one. King Arthur. Are you sure he's got one? Thinking such a, Oh, yes, it's very nice. It's named Lucille. <laughs> Three out of five coconut hoops wow. and scene. Well done. Wow. Well done. Well, the response to that, you want to read the responses to, the, to oh. what you just read? Uh, I guess. Uh, well, I'll read to Rob Cook. You, Chubb, you can just read the responses real quick. <laughs> it's just. This is good. All right. Mike, Mike Jones said when Morgan and Carol were on horseback, it sounded like someone banging coconuts. It's how you crash. Let's see. Chris Pierce, thank you. I know Chris Pierce says you guys should really act the skit out on the Buster ratings. Ha ha. Well, we, we just did. Or Chubb Done. just did. Yes. <laughs> Carl Hooker, yes, leave, go away. Or or we'd be forced to taunt you a second time. Uh, I'll be, I'm glad someone else noticed it, Mike Jones. Said, so. <laughs> Turn me into a walker. I got better. <laughs> All right, Rob. Rob Cook, uh, four face-off walkers out of five. A great portrait of Ezekiel. It is straight out of the comic book. It makes me think of, man, you cut straight out of the comic book. That's what it always makes me think of. <laughs> uh, Carol's reaction to the whole thing at the beginning was brilliant, but it was good to see that she called bull on his act uh, to bring this episode back from a full-on farce. Uh, we needed this episode after last week. There were some good zombie kills and love that the kingdom are feeding the saviors tainted pigs. Do they think that they actually are poisoning the saviors or is it just a small FU moral victory for them? I think it's the latter because they, you know, they, yeah, they, do have to, they do have to cook the pigs. So it wouldn't right. be. But yeah. They, right. And we all know, I mean, I'm sure that it's widely known now. Everybody has the, the virus. So or whatever it is. Uh, well, Brent uh, Jones said, I bet they believe it's poisoning them. I mean, no one outside of our group got the info from the CDC that they're all infected. So I just figure they believe they're slowly infecting them. It could be wishful thinking. Possibly. I, I mean, they, they could d uh, deliberately taint the meat, but then the, the saviors will know who to go get revenge on, right? Exactly. Everyone who ate the pigs and died, okay, now they're going to know to go back to the kingdom and take exactly. their revenge. So it's, uh, I think it's more of, yeah, just a, just an F you. Uh, David Bue the third, 2.5 medieval kingdoms out of five. As I said in last week's 5.0 buster, had this episode been the season opener, the show would have lost some viewers. Well, that's, that's true. I like where they're going with the characters, but I had to watch it twice after falling asleep with the pace. Yeah. It's a tough come down after the first one. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Sarah Ann Howard got this one just under the wire like a minute ago. Four out of five Walker fattened piglets. What a nice counterbalance to last week's intensity. Two of my favorite characters from the show meet one of my favorite from the comics. Ezekiel is a wonderful, magnificent, over-the-top, as, as I expected. And I am excited to see where Morgan and Carol will fit in with the Kingdom storyline. And Shiva, who cannot love a kitty? 
Excellent. So if you'd like to leave your very own Buster ratings, we have a great Facebook group, group again, the Walking Dead TV podcast. Hit the join button. We get you in and you'll see a little post at the top. It's a pinned post. So if you're on your phone, just hit view pinned post. If you're in the group, that's why some of you say you can't see it, but it is there. It's at the top, top, top. Uh, if you're on the page on your computer, it just shows up at the top and it'll say, leave your Buster ratings here. You leave it in your comments and we will make sure to read it on the show each week. So, folks, any uh, any final thoughts for the well? No, next week's episode is called The Cell. So I can see what they're playing with the names a little bit again this season. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing what uh, what comes out of all this. I, it's one thing, like, there's a lot of times where you like the A story, but you don't like the B story. I like both. So as they get, you know, kind of bring exactly. these stories together, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing... Uh, what they're doing i mean i'm inclined to like the show because i generally like the show so i feel like now that i'm past the whole cliffhanger episode that i wasn't too excited about to begin with beyond just getting more of the show again i'm happy to anticipate things that don't rely on me to solve a cliffhanger and just see what the show wants to do now i can't wait to see how negan takes down the alexandria or at least it may plays his first visit i shouldn't say take down pays his first collection visit to alexandria that that's what i'm waiting for it's gonna be rough you know, you know, talking to some of my friends out there and, uh, you know, what do you think about the show, the opener, this and that? They all want to know how Rick is going to be, you know, re-emerge as, as the top dog. Like, right it's now, he's just, he's been, yeah, he's been put mm-hmm. to school. And, and they, yeah. you know, Negan's going to basically treat him like his bitch for a while. So it's, oh yeah, everyone's really interested to see how that's going to play out, at least in my world that I've spoken to. Oh, yeah. And uh, I am as well. So uh, we they teased it on, on, the, on the, the commercial, I guess, the what do you call it? The preview for next week's episode. So we are going to see Negan and hopefully a lot of him. Maybe some uh, of Rick. It, yeah. As long as there's no episodes focused on like losing Glenn's body before they bury him and then we have to deal with that for three weeks, <laughs> I think I'll be fine. Oops. Although we still haven't seen Hilltop in quite a while. Like it's been like what, eight episodes or five? We have. Even... I thought it was going to be in this episode because they put Xander Berkeley in the credits. So I was like, is he? Yeah. It's, well, now Xander, he plays Jesus. Is that right? No, no, that's the that's the hilltop leader. That's Greg. Oh, the leader, the guy Gray. Okay, that's right. The guy from Terminator Two. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. I think it's just because he's like an, he's like an also starring uh, role or whatever. Like gotcha. Okay, yeah. But I, I I just I just thought he'd be in the episode. It wasn't. So. It's <laughs> maybe maybe there was some side scene that got cut and I, I think it's just I think it's just because he's a recurring character. Right. So it's all contracts, right? With so yeah. I'll be on the show, but you got to put me on this kind of title, right? Isn't that how they? Do we didn't it? mention, by the way, they changed up the opening title sequence. They got they got rid of Glenn and uh, Abraham, obviously, but they mm-hmm. added right. uh, yeah they added uh, Rosita and and um, Eugene and and uh, Tara all right. to the cast. And if you notice with Eugene in that little they give you like little little glimpses. It was the gun factory, wasn't it? The ammo factory. It looked like it. Yeah. Did you catch that? Okay, so it seems like we may going be going back to that story again. Well, which, I wait for that. I yeah. Knew that yeah. Yeah. So, all right, good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Where can our folks listen to us when we're not doing the Walking Dead TV podcast? Aaron, starting with you. Uh, you can listen to me talk about new movies weekly over on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, the podcast I host with my friend Abe. Uh, we just talked about Inferno, which nobody saw because it bombed last weekend. So you can look forward to us talking about <laughs> Doctor Strange. Was it that bad? Seriously, week. was Inferno that bad? Like I was thinking of seeing it, but is it? If you do, you like know. the other Dan Brown? Yes, movies? actually, I, I did quite a bit. I yeah. do. Uh, if you really like them, then you'll probably like this one. Honestly. Okay, like, it's okay. Not, it's not. It's not boring. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's very good, but it's not a boring movie. That's for sure. Regardless, because gotcha. it bombed so hard, it made me give second thoughts. Like, wait a second, should I really go see this thing? But it, okay, all right. Yeah, but I mean. 
But yeah, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, that's the other podcast I co-host. I also write um, various things, which you can all find at my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Excellent. Richard? Uh, I'm on this podcast, and I'll guest on others, And uh, but the other one that I'm on mainly with, with Daryl and Jim, DC TV podcast. Um, we just recorded last night, but Jim's having technical difficulties for those that follow us, so it might be a little late on the episode. But um, I'm on Twitter at ChubToad01, Instagram, all that stuff, ChubToad01. He had like an incredible Hulk moment and smashed his laptop. Is that what happened? He uh, I- he said he dropped his Yeti mic, which is a pretty big mic. That is a beefy mic. It's got to weigh at least yeah. five pounds. I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said it fell right onto the heavy. screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, uh, Daryl, how about you? Uh, yeah, you can uh, go to the Voice One Two Three. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can go to TaylorNetworkPodcast dot com um, and uh, check me out on a bunch of other podcasts. Uh, most recently on Gotham by Geeks, if you're a fan of Batman and, and the Batman family, we had the uh, Batman writer, buddy of mine, uh, Tom King, come on to answer a bunch of uh, questions from email and Twitter. So in between us uh, ragging on each other and answering questions, it was a fun show. So, so by the time this is up, is Mark Hamill going to be on The Flash? Is that happening? Do you guys talk about that yet or... Uh... The trickster, the jokester, whatever the hell they're calling him. Is that he the... is going to be on uh, Flash, but I mean, he's he looks more like the Joker. Right. Oh, I can't wait. That, that, that's like got all the nerds going crazy, right? Come on. And then yeah. Him in that makeup. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, if you want to listen to me when I'm not talking about The Walking Dead, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host, Teddy, review new cars, talk about cars and pop culture, uh, just have a lot of uh, fun and raucous time talking about uh, cars and, and, and reviewing them. Um, actually, one of our correspondents, Brent, friends of the show, he joins us very often. He's actually at the SEMA show this week, so when he gets back uh, from Las Vegas, we'll be talking to him about that. Also reviewing some new Hyundai, uh, I've got a Kia lined up, I've got a Mitsubishi lined up a whole month of new car reviews lined up so definitely check us out there autochatshow.com and also we are doing the star trek podcast uh lining up to do the next one which is based on star trek enterprise so we have to kind of set a date daryl chubb will need to kind of commit to a date to do to do that one in our series I'm of star open. trek podcasts i'm open to any time i'm ready for because this one's the one i've been really excited for so. we've been looking forward to enterprise i've actually been rewatching it a lot in preparation I of this too. yeah have you okay so we, we pick out to watch the whole thing did you okay wow. i'm on season four now they're in there on vulcan i'm like all right this is actually pretty cool so i'm getting to the end and uh you know so we can we can set a date for that and then talk about our, our love of that show and pick our top five episodes and all that kind of fun stuff so uh until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth Remember a few things here. Jerry, he's a very faithful steward. His words may often leave you pitch-kettled, but Shiva is spelled with a V. Chill it up, folks, and deuces. Take care.
You are a log. Nailed it. Wow. That was beautiful, man. The nuances in that is just great. Deuces. Deuces. And, Deuces. and, and, and dev, never eat pork chops that come from the kingdom. Oh. <laughs> I do got a taste for bacon, though. Well, you saw that pig hanging upside down. You had a little, 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 you had